All righty, here's some background on today's episode. I've got Ash Baylor, who is a local gym owner here in Charlotte, North Carolina. He owns Inertia Fitness Co. It is a boutique private personal training studio. He is completely niched in in personal training and his business is doing very well. But the reason I had Ash on the podcast is because he represents so many of you guys who might have bopped around town. Maybe you were training out of people's homes or out of a park or in his example, you were training and renting small little spaces in other people's gyms all throughout the city. And he finally built the business up, made enough money to be able to go and get a commercial lease in an expensive market like Charlotte. So we talk a little bit of the real estate side of this whole process. We talk a little bit about his come up and, and how he kind of transitioned from, you know, renting space at different gyms to finding his own location. And then we talk about the personal training model that he runs and kind of how he plans to grow the business here, which is a little bit more untraditional than your typical personal training studio. Hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. All right, what is up, guys? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. I'm with my man, Ash Baylor. We met in just a good, I recognize good training, and I was working out at QC Fit, and I'm like, I know he doesn't work here, but he, I like what I see. I like what this guy's doing. And I, you know, like, word, I'm like, what does he do? He's like, oh, I rent some space here. I'm like, oh, fuck. I mean, that takes me back to my goddamn roots. Right. You know? Um, but I didn't even have, I didn't even have the money to rent from a proper gym. Mm -hmm. I had to go into the apartment complex gyms and fucking, Many you know, people do it. and get in there it's and the then get busted and then sell my idea to the leasing <laughs> yeah. agent. So do me a favor. Would you bring, uh, bring me up the speed, kind of how you got started in the industry to the point of, leasing your first standalone space. Yeah, and it's funny, going back to like when we first met, I just seen this guy with his shirt off, sweating all over the place, working out twice a day in there, and I'm like, dude, this guy's a monster, right? Great form and everything, and I was like, yo, this dude's a beast. Uh, but yeah, back in, when I first went to college, I went to college for nutrition, yep. exercise science, um, thought I was gonna be a physical therapist or something like that, then I realized that's way too much school. I'm not going to school that long. I'm not put, going into debt for you know half a million dollars. Um, and that's when I made the pivot to personal training. Um, started at Lifetime Fitness up in Michigan. We have a huge platinum club up there, uh, over 30 trainers there. So it was really hard to make a name for yourself as a trainer in that sure. gym. You have a ton of competition. It's 30 people fighting for the same pool, right? It's like a bunch of sharks and in, in, in like a little pool of fish. You learn right? some good sales skills and yeah. shit like that. Like that's the school of thought I came in. Like I came in, I'm like, hi, I was at a, it was an urban active out of the, oh, the yeah. national market. I'm like, so where's my clients? And they're mm -hmm. like, they're on the floor, fuckface. You have them. to floor pull your first 10, and then brutal. we'll start setting you with appointments. And I think that's honestly one of the harder ways to sell training. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, rather than having a personal brand and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that woman, have her take the AirPod out and be like, oh, oh so awkward. Can I, oh. can I show you a different way to do yeah. this? And hopefully you'll stroke a check to me yep. for a couple thousand dollars. And that was our test. That was like the test for me to get the job. I had to get five female numbers. And I'm like, listen, I've gotten females numbers before, but not in yeah, the, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, professional yeah. setting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a hard it was a hard start to personal training. Yeah. Um, Lifetime they do a great job with their personal training. They really do. Like I, I they're probably one of the leaders in personal yeah. training, um, and they have a great extensive program to get their personal trainers up to speed to be the best, etc. Um, but the big thing when I went to Lifetime and I started training there. It, I learned a lot about the corporate side of personal training and like how everybody's a number. Um, and like, it's just like, hey, what's the numbers? What's this people? Yep. I don't care about their name. You yeah. know, I don't care Did about what the goal this quarter. Did yep, you yep. hit the goal? Yeah. And it was always goal. It was always money. And it was, yep. if we did $10,000 a month of business, we didn't have to clean the gym. 
That was the reward. Nice. And I'm like, yo, I'm a trainer. Why yeah, am I yeah, cleaning yeah. the gym? You know what I mean? And it was like, well, if you hit $10,000, you're good. You're a good boy and you don't have to clean the gym anymore. And I was and like, were they giving you guys good commissions on these two? And we were getting a 48% commission. And if you had more degrees and certifications, you got a Increase percentage. That. Okay. Yep. Um, and they started you off at $75. When I first started, $75 seemed like a lot of money to me. Because I just, yeah, perception. Yeah. It just seemed like a lot of money to me. And that's because I've never been born with money. I never had a lot of money. So I was like, somebody's going to pay me $75 for this hour to train with me. There's no way. And guess what? And they're not even paying, they're paying 150 or whatever because 75 is just your cut, No, no, right? 75 was the actual session rate. That was the actual session yeah, rate. So and you, I still thought that was expensive. So the, are you getting 45% then of, of, that. of that? Okay, yeah. got so it. So I was making it. like 30 an hour sure. or something like that okay. after taxes and they, they do draw system yep. and everything like that. So um, yeah, and it was like okay money, but then you kind of look at it and you're like, I'm doing $20,000 of business and I'm not even getting half of it. Yeah. You're like, oh, I should be making a lot more money, right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of those things kind of, you know, um, they kind of came together and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not getting what I'm worth here. I'm, I'm working my butt off. I'm taking care of my clients. I did the, everything the opposite. You're supposed to do 30 minute, you know, evaluations. I did one hour evaluations. They're like, don't become friends with your clients. I tried really hard to establish a relationship with my clients, right? Um, it was very black and white there. And I really think that a lot of things in nutrition, exercise, and just in life are in the gray. It's kind of like, there's no fine line. There's no yes or no. It's kind of just like in the middle, right? Um, so that's why I was like, hey, there's a certain line where you don't want to go with your clients and like, you know, get that relationship, but also at the same time, not cross it. Um, so Lifetime taught me a ton and I was there for two years and I was like, you know what? It's time for a move. It's time to go do my own thing. And I sat across my boss just like this and I was like, hey, I'm going to move to Charlotte. I'm going to start my own, own, my own Charlotte? business. I've seen a lot of opportunity, Charlotte. Yeah. I just think that, that nobody- cold white shit like up in Michigan? Yeah, I was yeah, about yeah. to say, it was cold, so I wanted to move somewhere nicer, right? That's super bad seasonal depression in, in Michigan. Oh, it's yeah. brutal, right? Um, but then also, I just seen that Charlotte was such a young market, had tons of opportunity, there's money here. It almost seemed recession-proof because of the banks and yeah. stuff like that. Did you come visit and like get a feel came for visit, it? got a feel for it. Me and my wife were like, yeah, let's move, okay? Right. Uh, well, girlfriend at the time, right? So we were yep. like, yeah, let's move down here. Like, let's start our life down here. And I just thought Charlotte was the perfect place to kind of get away from my old roots and just yeah. really throw myself into the fire, right? Um, came down to Charlotte, was making $500 a month, was broke. My wife was carrying the team as a nurse. She was crying because we weren't making enough money. And I'm like, babe, well, I'm gonna make it one day. I'm gonna make it one day. Three months later, started to get some clients, started to get some tractions. That was at AMJB Fitness, which is my initials. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned into Mind Muscle Hustle, which was like our first like branding, right? Okay. And then it turned into Inertia Fitness Co. Which is this was, a lease space that you had or were you renting space out nope. of a gym? So I was renting space out of Multiple gyms, so okay. Stacks, um, oh, yeah. Crown Town Athletic, yeah. uh, went to Charlotte Athletic Club, and then the QC Fit was probably the last one I was at. So four or five different gyms, guess what? All those gyms like closed down. Yeah. Oh yeah. So all these gyms were closing down. It was kind of screwing me over. And I'm like, I think I just have to build my own place or else I'm going to keep on depending on other people based off of my success. How, walk me through for anyone listening, like, um, cause there's trainers out there that are like, you know, I'm going to a client's house or they're yeah. coming to my garage, but I'd like to get situated in somewhere with like air conditioning. Yeah. How, what was your pitch when you walked into Stacks, when totally. you walked into some of these gyms in Charlotte, what was that pitch? Like, how did you approach that subject? Yeah, and I get that people have to do the personal training out of garage and stuff like that. I personally hate it. Yeah. I think it just looks, I don't, I just don't love it. Sure. I think it looks kind of unprofessional. Unless you have an awesome garage yeah, set unless up. you build, I mean, you could build it out, you deck it out. You could build it out, it out yeah. and deck it out. But like I just, the lawnmower's right there. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I yeah, just yeah. think there's a lot of weird, like, boundary things that can yeah. be crossed too. And be, personal yeah. trainers already have issues with boundaries. You're going to do it, time, take so. your garage and just be like, I'm parking on the street and, and I'm going to deck, I'm going to deck the garage out and make it look Take it like, you got to think about it as a business. Sure. Right? And it's like, 
this is my business mm -hmm. area. This garage is used for nothing else yeah. but business, right? Uh, but going into Stacks, I remember just going in there and just being like, hey, I love this place. The gym's dope. I see you have a lot of empty space here. It makes sense for you guys to make a little side cash, mm -hmm. you know, and basically just have me train. I'll get out of the way. I'll make sure I'm not in front of your classes. If you need me to move, I'll move. Same thing I did at QC yeah. and same thing I did at Crown Town. I'm like, I'll be in the corner. You won't even know. And I, I'm just going to bring my own clients in. Yep. Right. Uh, and they were cool with that. Usually you can get rent, honestly, for pretty cheap. Were you I think some flat places, rates or did they, someone want like percentages? Someone wanted percentages. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense for a percentage for either way. And this is where you have to use your salesman, yeah. you know, and be like, well, I'm not making much. So I'm only making a thousand dollars. So if you want 10% of everything, you're making a hundred bucks. Yeah. What if I just pay you $800, 600 bucks, right? And that flat rate, we make it uncomplicated because then I have to report to you. Yep. Do you have to go that, do you want that much work or do you want $600? Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to have to check my QuickBooks to yeah, make sure I'm weird. like, because yeah. you, you start doing percentage work and I tell gyms like, oh, we're going to do percentage base. I'm like, you literally just signed up, especially there are some gyms, the entire model is yeah. rental base. Like they yeah. just have an open gym and they let trainers come in and they want a percentage of it. I'm like, bro, the amount of checks and balances you've got to do to make sure people aren't like, hey, don't pay, pay me cash so I don't have to exactly. pay it, report and pay it to that guy. Fucking just yeah. take a flat rate. Yeah, and I did that at Lifetime. So yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. listen out there. I did it. Sorry, it sorry, under the table. It but happens. you just take money off the table. It's, it's tempting, yep. right? And it's like, I've even ran into that here. We've been yeah. open for eight months at this location. And it's already happened here. Uh -huh. People take, it's tempting to be like, oh, I can just give you hundred bucks cash. Yeah. You get to skip the percentage, uh -huh. right? And I think that you have to build a good system to be able to have that checks and balances, you yep. know, figured out anyways. But yeah, just offered them cash. And I was like, hey, I'll pay you 600 to $800. That was usually what my rent was, yep. um, which is pretty good gig. Because then yeah, you get to keep hundred percent of yep. the of the profit. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a big bet on you. Uh, $600 is a lot when you're only making 500. So sure. you're, you're the negative there. Yeah. Uh, but it's and when a you're lot. spaced out now, did you have that rent deal at multiple locations at once? No, nope, just one. Okay. So, so it was always one. So it was Got stacks it. first and then they closed down yep. and then it was crown town and then they closed down. And I started without a club. I worked there for two months and they, they changed their commission model from 50, 50 to 25, 75, where the trainers are making 25% of the sale. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, I have to sell the person, train them, and I get 25% yeah. of it? You know, it was kind of crazy, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, I can't work for $15 an hour. So that, that's why I went to Stacks and, you know, yep. started to do my own thing completely. Um, and yeah, what I noticed is that with that gym model, when you're just paying rent for somebody, it keeps it really black and white. You don't have to worry about the overhead of a gym space. Like if you just want to be a personal trainer and make, you, you can probably make six figures yeah. doing that. You've got to bob and weave with the, like, what kind of space do I get? And mm -hmm. if there's a class going on, how do I have to share it? But right. like even at QC Fit, you would bring in your own shit. Yeah. And it was not bad. And yeah. I just brought my own stuff yeah. and, and made it sim simple because it's like, you can't take this stuff away from me. I brought it. You know what's interesting? Because where we're sitting now, you've, you've, you've got your own retail spot. And we're going to get into the real estate of this stuff. But all those gyms you rented space from, yeah. they're not here. And it was not due to COVID, mm -hmm. right? Like, no, it wasn't. Crown Town was a fucking sh I, I, I was. It was a disaster. <laughs> was a disaster. Crown Town <laughs> was a CrossFit gym that failed. And the members were rich. They bought it from the fucking original yeah, guy. Yeah, they did. And they yeah. just paid so they had their own So they spot. had their own space to work out. I mean, the one dude's wife had her Peloton off to the yep. side. Like, I, yes, I, yes. My kid goes to school yeah. on that side of town. So I would pop in there for a drop-in every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, but even like Eric McCoy, a good colleague of mine, he was a member across at South End forever, and then he opened up Stacks. Stacks was probably the most gorgeous facility. Alikio, but like people didn't realize like members were using sixteen hundred dollar barbells. Yes, so the nice. place was dope. Yeah. It had cryo freeze. I mean, mm -hmm. it had everything. Mm -hmm. And you saw these incredible facilities, expensive, yeah. mm -hmm. all fail, not mm -hmm. due to COVID, due to just business is tough or shitty operators or whatever. Yeah. And yet, did that ever deter you? You're like. My goal is to get my own space. I'm just yeah. watching these like behemoth monsters just drop and die right. here in Charlotte. Yeah. And as you were talking, you know, Charlotte seemed like a great market for fitness. Fitness, yeah. it's got to be easy to make it here in the yeah. brick and mortar. Did that ever deter you? 
Uh, no, not at all. It's because, it's funny because I remember being in college distinctively, like when I was shifting to be a personal trainer, I went to a gym and I was like, how much do you make, man? Like, yeah, cut yeah, it yeah. to me straight. You've been in the gym industry for 30 years. And he's like, I've never made more than $50,000. I'm like, I don't want to open a gym. Yeah. So in my mind, I, the goal was to never open a gym. Sure. Just do personal training. Yep. Have somebody else foot the bill for the retail yeah, yeah, space. Yeah. Take the responsibilities, and you'll see why when we talk about yeah, it later. Yeah. You know why you don't want to have your own space sometimes. Um, and like I was just like, let somebody else handle the responsibility. I just want to train people, mm -hmm. and then I want to bring my own trainers in, and then we'll train people, and then we can start about giving you a cut and yep. or paying rent for those people to come in and use the facility too, right? Um, no, it never deterred me. And the biggest thing was is that there was a common denominator in all those places. Crowntown had a great location. Mm -hmm. They had a fine facility, yep. right? They had air conditioning, parking. Like it was easy. It was close to Uptown. Stacks, mm -hmm. kind of same thing. It wasn't the best location, but it wasn't a terrible location. Yeah. Facility was 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was amazing. Everything was great about it. Um, you know, the biggest thing, and even Charlotte Athletic Club, the biggest thing that I've seen with a lot of those is like the operation that was being ran there was just so poor. Sure. None of those people actually wanted to own a gym and were passionate about helping people. Yeah. Like, you know, like, let's go back to stacks. Like, it wasn't, that was kind of like a tax write-off for Dude, those yeah. people. And a real estate Eric play. McCoy owns heels.com, right? Yes, he's yes, like, yes. he's not too worried about, yeah. No, that was, no. And there was like a lot of things going correct. behind yeah, the yeah, scenes. Yeah. And yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah. won't get into it, but there's a lot of things going behind the scenes with that, right? Yep. So, and then, uh, and then Crown Town, it was just like, yeah, you like said, a bunch of rich people. There's like, I just want to work out here. Yep. That's what you do when you're rich. You yeah. get to buy a gym and just hang out. And even though you're operating in the red month after month, sure. you don't have that pressure because you're a millionaire. Those are like, it's better than having to deal with my wife about working out in the garage exactly. and my kids interrupting it. So me and my seven rich friends split the fucking commercial. It, it made sense for them. Yeah. yeah, no, and that's great. Like, I hope I'm able yeah, to like, just buy gyms one day because I just have so much money, right? Um, so that was the same thing. They didn't care about, you know, getting better or anything like that. I even asked them multiple times, like, do you want me to help you with marketing? Do you want me to help you with this? Like, we can we can really make this place grow. And I, when I kept on saying that and offering, like, almost like advice to people and, like, unsolicited at times, right? But I felt like, I'm like, all right, I'm offering these advice for people and I feel like I know how to grow this thing. And I just wanted to prove it without the responsibility. So I was like, oh, let me take Crown Town over. Sure. You still pay the rent. Let me practice but on someone else's practice, dime. Yeah, on somebody else's dime. Um, but I kind of already did that with my own business. I was already driving people in my own business and I'm like, you know what? Maybe if if I build it, they'll come. Like the like no maybe nobody Maybe nobody's really succeeded in this space because nobody's built it the right way. I'm like, let's build it the right way and then we'll just see what happens. And then what happened was, was explosive growth. I mean, it was crazy how fast, like I was thinking like, man, it's gonna take me a little bit to pay off and hit the green. And it was like first month, like we just crushed, right? So it was crazy how fast and how needed a space like this was in Charlotte. Yeah. And I think that nobody offered it the right way because they tried to offer too many things. CrossFit, personal this, training, yeah. this, this and that. And you're gonna smorgasbord where I was just dialed in. Just this do is one only thing. personal training. Only. Yeah. Nobody else is allowed here unless yeah, yeah. you train with us, right? Yeah. So I think it made it real simple for people to be like, this is a per this place is known for personal training. Sure. There's not a lot of places or facilities or gyms that are just known for personal training. Even Lifetime, which has good personal training, they're a gym first. Correct. So it's a it's a gym a commercial space, right? Um, a box gym, big box gym, and then it's like, but then they have they have the nutrition cafe, they have basketball, they yeah, have all fitness. that stuff. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to dial in and be one thing and one thing only because that's just kind of what I'm good at, um, and it worked out that way. So let's talk about. So at what point did you? start, okay, I've, I've got the clients, um, I'm, I'm saving cash. When did you begin your real estate search here in Charlotte? So it started a year ago, um, over a year ago, gosh, like a year and a half ago. And it's funny because I thought I was just going to be able to like pay for the, the space and I'd move in a month later, <laughs> you know? 
So I started in January of 2022, and I was like, my goal was to move in by April of 2022. That's ambitious, my friend. We didn't open until February of 2023. So 13 months later than you know when we started the search. Dude, the first call when I have with someone on the German real estate side, and they're like, so what do you, I'm thinking we'll probably be in by this time. I'm like, and I'm thinking you're fucking high. Yeah. Like, I hate <laughs> the so shit in your cereals. Yeah. It could take us, yeah. it was like right now, my average timeline is nine months just to get a lease signed. Yes, it takes so long. And then I'm like, tack on your six plus months of build out if it's mm -hmm. extensive, maybe longer, it all depends. The timeline piece, it's like everything that has to get done, I always put in week blocks. Like you have to send one email to the engineer. Yes. Expect that entire yes. thing to take a week to even for him to acknowledge and get moving on it. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a And it's the it's hardest tough. part. It's the hardest part of doing this entire process is that you get really discouraged because you're ambitious and you're ready to go. Yeah. You want to work fast. You've got speed. You, this is your life. Yeah. So you want to go fast. They don't care. No. Like they're making millions and millions yeah. and like, you know, they're fine, yeah, right? Yeah. So they, they can go slow. Yeah. So you can go fast, slow. You're swift. You are, you're passionate about it. So you're trying to get things done. I remember emailing every single day, but like, hey, did you give me an email? Did you give me an email? Did you give me an email? And it's like, I want to hear back a month later, like, yeah, it looks good, but we need to change this one thing. And that takes a month. Like the redlining and leasing, like that took, I think, like four months. Yeah. It was back and forth. And it's like you're you're bitching with each other the entire time. And it's like, well, I want a bathroom. And it's like, well, no, we can only give you a sink and this. And it's like, well, I want tile. No, well, you can only do this. And we're only going to put the roof here. And it's like every time you want one thing changed, it takes a week. The biggest so thing it takes is a like long time. the supply and demand. As a, as a personal trainer in the fitness industry, generally you're like, okay, I can definitely take more clients. I want to, I'm looking to grow the business. So, right. right? So um, there's, I'm trying to, I have more supply than there is demand. I'm try, trying to grow grow, grow. Right. Then you go to these industries, uh, ME, you know, mechanical, electrical, plumbing engineers, architects, brokers, yeah. um, landlords, they don't have that problem. They no, don't have the sense all. of urgency because mm -hmm. they have a, they don't have like they, the there's demand. No correct. Yeah. yeah. There's no shortage. <laughs> yeah. The demand in the supply curve is 100% in their favor. So yeah, you have this high sense of urgency here on the, the entrepreneur looking to get started. Right. And then for the person in the gatekeepers, and there's several of them along there the is. way, there's the city, there's zoning and all this shit. Mm -hmm. They're like, dude, get in line. You and fucking however many fucking case files I have yep. on my desk right now. You're yep. just one of them. And I used to get butt hurt and like, I, for the first time in my entire life because I hate victims for the first time in my entire life I started, mentality. Had yeah. started to have pity on myself and I'm like poor me I'm just like a young black man trying to make it you know what I mean I'm like trying to make it in the city you know I'm trying to like build something to help people and these people won't let me help people yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and then I was just like yo this is just how it's done yeah so you better suck it up yep. and this is why people will quit and this is exactly why I'll probably always succeed because I know people will quit before they even get to this point yeah. So I just know how much friction there is. So if you can make it past the friction, you're probably gonna have a fruitful business um, because there's a lot in it. And it deters people. And then people hear the stats of, you know, every business, 90% of businesses fail and stuff like that and everything. And it's like, if you are willing to make it through it and you're truly passionate about it and you know your why and you understand it, like you probably will make it. You gotta have a good business plan still. Sure. You can't just be, you can't just be passionate about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gotta have a business plan. The landlord doesn't take passion checks. No, it does no, not. No, no. no SOFer, right? But then it's like, if you're willing to wait the system and wait it out and, you know, like make sure that you're doing the redlining and taking your time with it and build it the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're completely fine with it. So when you hit the scene and you started searching, you're getting on LoopNet, you're looking at shit yourself. Yeah. Uh, what were you, in your head, what were you originally conceiving and conceptualizing? Because a lot of times I'll get gym owners like, yeah. like, all right, so what's the search criteria? And they're like, 
oh, I've got no idea. I need right. you to I need you to help me out. Like, how much do I need? Right? right? What's you know? And that's where you get the operational capacity. Like, okay, what's the business model? Is that personal training? Okay, I can get away with way less square footage than if we were exactly. running a fifteen person group class type scenario. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. talk to me about the beginning of the search. What were you looking for, and how did you kind of land on retail versus industrial and right. a thousand square feet versus three thousand square? I feet? I think the one thing that I'm grateful about, just in in general, is like. When I have a vision, it's really easy for me to lock in on it. And that with that hyper-focus, you can find stuff and you can move a little faster, yeah. right? Um, so I just knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted a small space, anywhere from one to 2,000 square feet. I wanted to make it a pilot location to prove the concept to eventually open up the bigger gyms. Mm-hmm. I think people want to go too big at the beginning. And I was like, let me prove the concept first with a small location with like less risk involved, still can have a high ROI before I go open up this mega gym, right? Because I think people want to open up the mega gym and everybody wants this big gym with all the rogue equipment and stuff like that. I'm like, can I do this pretty lean? and uh, smart and do this pilot location and then we can expand from there. You can always expand later on. But if you go too big and bite off more than you can chew in the very beginning, then you will never be able to yeah. see that, uh, fulfill that dream and to see it play out, right? So when I was looking at LoopNet and everything, I was trying to find spaces that were within a budget. I didn't want to pay more than like $3,000 a month. Now, okay, so, how'd you, so when you came up yeah. to $3,000 a month, yeah. how did you, because I normally back in a number, I'll take someone's total monthly revenue and I'm like, yeah. here's the deal. If we're spending more than 25% of what we make per month yep. on rent, it's not going to leave enough cash flow totally. for other things. So we want to stay at 25% or under uh-huh. typically. And that was right where I was about. Okay. Yep. So I was, it was, I was bringing in almost like $10,000 yep. just from my own personal training. Yep. And so $3,000 yep. was yep. about 30%, 30% right? Yep. And I was like, it's going to be lean and it's going to be hard. But like if we get a few sure. trainers and maybe business grows, then sure. who knows, right? But that was the push that I was willing to get. But I really wanted to stay at two. Yeah, and that's where I locked into this place. Is okay. that too, right? So and talk to me. So let's talk. So you're you're searching. Mm-hmm. When how did this come on your radar? Did your broker find it? Did you find it on LoopNet, or did yeah. you just walk by and be like, "Ain't nobody fucking in there." Yeah, like yeah. let me find out who, yeah. who manages this. Yeah, it's funny because like me and my wife have bought two houses now, and it's. Uh, we both recommended it to our real estate agent and like, hey, this house just came out. Can we go see it, right? Same thing happened with this location. My broker sent me a few things and I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, but then I'm driving. I used to live right here. So I drove by here and I'm like, that's an empty space right there. Yeah, this yeah. is five minutes from my house. I'm like, yeah. this space has been empty for a while, right? And I'm like, I'm going to go get some information on yeah, it. It's been sitting here for 13 years. I'm like, oh, like they should be they should be ready to give this yeah. place up basically to anybody, right? And I'm like, let's see it out and everything. And uh, there's a reason why I was sitting here for so long, right? But yeah, when I passed by it, I was like, dude, this would be a perfect location. Look at all the natural lighting. Yep. Look at the convenience it is to uptown. We have parking in here. I'm like, there's a lot of the things, like the big friction points of getting somebody to get into your gym, it's crossing off all those things, Retail right? storefront, good pedestrian sidewalks, mm-hmm. residential, you're, you're, on, you're in the near shop. When traffic's backed up, everyone has to stop the here and look in. The right here. Yep. People pass by the stadium there's people in panthers gear charlotte fc gear walking by they grab a business card on the and door if we and we're we're towards the west side for those of you not familiar show we're on the slightly west side of the city if we were to rotate this completely and he was on the south side the south end side yeah. this would be a three to four x higher rent easily. than what it is easily um so let's okay so you found this and the other thing i want to talk about is the broker yeah. it's crazy People, I'm always like, I'm probably not gonna find your space. (laughs) Like me, your broker, whoever, we have this national database of listings and I'm gonna send them to you. And when new things pop up based on the criteria I send you, but I promise you it is gonna be serendipity and just chance. And it always is. is. Mm -hmm. I've always had a broker and I 
I found every space myself. Right. And it was like, oh, I heard a dude at Starbucks talking about that biz business going out of bed. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I drove by. And it just, yeah. it was serendipity. Yep, I'm like, yep. the broker should ideally come in at the point of negotiation, helping you right. figure out, is this the right space based on the business model? Totally. And making sure you don't get fucked in your lease and everything in the lease is buttoned up, especially for fitness use where, totally. you know, that's a triple, your next door neighbor is an office. But if that was a fucking cafe or a coffee shop and someone right. was over here making a little bit too noise and vibration, yep. Yep. you'd have a fucking issue. Yep, exactly. Um, okay, so you, you land on this spot. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what the process looked like from that point. Yeah, so checked out the spot, loved it. You know, I'm already painting the picture in my head of yeah, like yeah, what yeah. this place is gonna look like. I'm yep. just gonna look sick. We're gonna do black walls. We're gonna hang these mirrors up. It's gonna look yeah, great, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and How many square feet is this exactly? This is uh, 1,200 square feet. Okay, cool. Yeah, 1,200 square feet. And I was like, yo, 1,200 square feet. I was kind of mapping out in my head. I'm like, how much square foot does a person need to work out? Sure. That's what I was kind of thinking about. What are you um, paying like, rent here? Uh, 2,000, like 2,100. Cool. So if we go twenty one hundred, like twenty five square foot per year. Yeah. So we get times twelve. Boom. Yeah. So yeah. So twenty. So it's probably a triple net lease. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So he's you're about twenty one at base mm -hmm. plus four bucks or so in triple net fees. Yeah. Um, and again, everyone on the triple net side, great for landlords, mm -hmm. shitty for tenants because yep. the tenant now is going to be responsible if the property taxes go up. Mm -hmm. Boom. You're yeah. going to get you're your gonna your rent's going to go up. If Which they do in Charlotte. Yep. If the yeah. insurance goes up, you're going to pay more of that or just common area maintenance. Right. If some mm -hmm. shit goes down and this common area, these rocks or whatever the fuck it is, you know, some someone comes in and just fucks all this up. Yep. That's gonna be on your next year's, your tri triple net fees are gonna go up. Right. Um, and that's where like the tricky thing is. Everyone looks on loop and like, dude, Stu, this thing is 18 bucks a square foot. I'm like, yeah. it's triple net. So it's probably like 23 a square right, foot, right? right? right. And they, they and dupe you. Up. Yeah, and they dupe you in there. They're like, oh yeah, it's 21. And then you get in the conversation like, how to go from 21 to 26? Yeah, and they're like, oh, well, so it's a triple net lease. Don't you mm -hmm. idiot? You don't know what it's this means? Hard. I feel like it was hard to find anything without a triple net. Oh, no, no one does it anymore. Yeah, it's correct. <laughs> I didn't say Unless it's industrial it. where they're yeah. like, we have no HVAC. Yeah. We have like, it's just bare bones. They'll right. do like a gross lease where you're like, flat rate, you pay right. that. That is what it is, but you're responsible for everything anyways out of pocket. Yeah, but a growing city yeah. like Charlotte, that's the thing is like, everyone's like, I want to be in a growing area. I'm like, it's hard to Well, the landlord wants you to, he wants to also make sure that your rent is going to cover his cost that he's not in control of, like the insurance. And like, right. I brought that brewery in. I never took the time to think mm -hmm. when I brought the brewery in from a fitness shoes, my insurance would skyrocket. And it's like, of course it is. There's drunk people in here. <laughs> yeah, that like, makes sense. I mean, there's clauses in the lease for yeah. fights and yeah. assault yeah, and all kinds of sense. shit. Right. And I'm like, holy shit, my insurance, whoop, it just skyrocketed. Right. And that unfortunately impacted the overall leasing rate totally. that we had to achieve yeah. in order to create a margin. Yeah, you had to increase the, the price yeah. for it, right? Yeah, and we came in here and we, I love the, the, the price even at 25 of a square yeah. foot with a triple net, right? I was looking at places in the worst area and Wesley Heights. Yep. And it was 45 a square foot. And I'm like, these places have been sitting here for you for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that as well. And I'm like, yeah. these places are going to sit for a while because like what business is going to be able to buy 3,000 square foot for 45 a square foot, which is like a $7,000 payment, $8,000 payment. And it's like, make money. You know, like that's why there's not a lot of small businesses I feel sure. like opening up in Charlotte and a lot of franchises are opening yeah. up here. So my thing was like, I got to get in here before a franchise like an Equinox or a Lifetime sure. or something like that tries to come in here and, yeah. and try to do the same thing, right? So we got, you got your 1,200 square feet, mm -hmm. you know, you're around 2,100 bucks a month. And, but you got to also, did you have to do first month 
and a security deposit. Yep. Yep. So at least signing, you're coming out of pocket almost five, you know, $4,200. The big things that we negotiated was like, I'm like, I need time to build this out. Yep. And you guys are taking so long on this. And like, I was importing all my equipment. So I wanted to do it as lean as possible. So I was importing all my equipment from China. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was importing it all. I'm like, we got to get it dropped off here at a certain time. Like we got to make sure that it's uh, we can build the gym out. Like I'm not going to open up and then just sit here and like build it while paying rent. Like that's how you lose money. So I was like, you got to give me four months. Four months to build it out after the lease starts. So as soon as the lease was executed, I still had four months to get all my equipment in here, to get everything, all my ducks in a row, get the business started. And um, if you're smart and they don't check, like you should start your first month of business on yeah. their dollar, right? So I, I finished a month early and I was like, okay, let's, cool. let's, let's start let's do like a going. soft launch. Like let's get people in here. Let's get my clients in here before we start blasting out marketing. Um, and it got the, the, the system oiled, right? Yep. So that way I'm like, all right, we know how to do the parking now. We know how to get people in here, get them out of here, et cetera. I'm like, these are the things I want to change before I want to actually open up. So what did the, so when you, so, okay, you guys are negotiating lease rate. How long of a lease did you sign? Uh, five years. Five years renewables on those? Yes. Cool. Mm -hmm. So you got a five years, do you have a, an annual escalator? Like does it go up by a percentage every it year? It goes up by, I think, 2% okay. every single year. Yeah. Got it. So we got an annual escalator in there. And when it came time to be like, okay, was this like, this was just a shell open space, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you're coming in here and was the bathroom already here? Uh, there's just a place for a toilet. A place for so a toilet. Yeah. They haven't even plumbed it in. There's nope. no toilet there. Nope. So how did the construction, sometimes landlords will say, I'll give you $7 a square foot or whatever the number, or a total number for you to build out whatever. And the yeah. rest is on you. Uh, or they're going to say, I'm not giving you anything, but I'm going to give you free rent for a period of time. Yeah. How did you guys negotiate construction and costs? This is where it's, everything's going to drive you nuts right here. Because like what the broker for the landlord's going to say, right, yeah. is completely different of what they're actually willing to did do. Did you have an independent broker representing you? I had you? an independent broker okay. representing separate, me. Separate separate. And then, yeah, the yeah, broker okay. for the, I don't know, what do you call that? Do you call that That's broker? The, just a, it's, so you definitely like the landlord's agent. Or, yeah, yeah. They're, they're agent, right? So their agent's like, we'll put a shower in for of course, you. Yeah. We'll put the floor in we're for you. I blow you the second yeah. you walk in every day. <laughs> Whatever you want. We'll do like, we'll do, yeah, we'll do anything. We'll yeah. cook you breakfast for every single yeah. day for the first five years. <laughs> it you know? seems so it, perfect. It's it so perfect. And, and you get down to it and it's like, yeah, we're actually only going to do like a soft box or like a, what is it? A, what is it called? Soft box? Yeah. Is that what it is when yeah. they just put the walls up, right? Like, we're just going to do like basically the walls, you yes. know? Like, we're going to do the walls. And I was like, so that's when we negotiated. Hey, I'm like, hey, paint. You got to do the paint. And I'm like, I want the open ceiling. I want an open ceiling because this is all open. You're like, no way we're doing an open ceiling. It's too expensive to do an open ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was a reason or is an excuse because it seemed a little bit like an excuse. I'm like, how is no ceiling more expensive? But it's because they had to change how the HVAC was set up. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a, a lot of people want like exposed whatever. Right. And so there's also like the landlord wants these spaces contingent so that they all kind of look similar. similar. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And his guess is the majority of tenants wouldn't want the exposed. Totally. The majority, right? right. So are going to go with that. But then once you're going to close this thing in, mm -hmm. you know, it you're able to keep like it's also the exposed ceiling. If right. you don't want all your your AC to go right through it, right. you got to spray foam that motherfucker, yep, and yep. it gets crazy expensive. And, th and that's where they're like, we're not willing to do that. Yeah. And like, this is all stuff that we said we we're going to do. And then we've argued about the ceiling height. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to bring it. So this is a gym. They wanted to bring the ceiling down to 12 feet. Uh, no, no. And I'm like, dude, yeah. where somebody's gonna do a pull up, put their head through the yeah. ceiling. And I'm like, it has to be 20 at yep. least. It's not even, you know, not even close. So we went back and forth, back and forth, and they finally put it up to 20, right? They put the bathroom in, and the bathroom was at like seven feet. And I'm like, you gotta bring it up, like, a, you know what I mean? Like you're in a, yeah. you're, you're shitting in a, like yeah. a, in a box, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there's little things like that. You're just Porta potties are taller than seven feet. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're, 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 you get all this promise from the from the agent, the broker, yeah. but then when it comes down to the the actual lease, they're not promising much. So yeah. they were willing to do the soft box, and they're willing to. 
Those are the two things that I was, I got. Yeah, okay. And then I negotiated like, hey, put an office in for me, mm-hmm. right? Make sure there was a bathroom in here, yep. right? So those were the two things that we negotiated. I'm parking forever. Parking was a huge thing to negotiate. So for this space, guys, this is a retail storefront with attached to a parking garage and a, uh, a residential unit, right? An apartment complex. Yeah, so you pull into the parking garage and you've got X amount, you got, you got inertia designated spaces. Mm-hmm. Your neighbor, the AAA office has AAA designated spaces, but then the leasing office also wants to have their future resident parking, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have, you know, some chick's fuckface boyfriend's going to park in yeah. one of your spots yep. overnight yep. and then a client can't find anything yep. and you try going down these residential streets and there's, you know, you got to have a residential parking yep. permit if you want to get there. So parking messy. is huge. So how many spaces were you granted? So we, so we got four for our clients and then okay. we got three behind the gate for, um, for our employees. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Yep. And uh, they only gave me one key fob for three employees. So that was enough. Like you got to fight for it. You had to fight. So like inch to the yeah, nail, like get yep. every little inch that yep. there is. It's like, give me an extra key fob. And they're oh, like, yeah. well, it's $250 for a key fob. I'm like, dude, bro, I am locking in five years at yeah. you know this rate. And like, you never had anybody else in here. Sure. I don't know if you have that much leverage. It's been 13 years that this has been sitting here empty, cobwebs. Yeah. And like, now you're gonna try to like- You wanna shit on this you deal know? So over like, a we key ended fob? Up like, that's how it was. It's like, that's why it took so long because I fought, but now it's like worth it because it was like, it was worth getting those little extra things because you can't get a parking spot later on. So it was like, it was worth to get the parking spots right then and there. How long did that process take from the, the time you guys, you know, submitted your letter of intent, your LOI to actually getting the lease finalized and signed? Cause that's where most March of the- March goes- to September or October. So about yeah. six, seven months. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. And it's like, you go through red lines. You feel like you, you like, after you've done this once, you're like, I feel like I fucking have a legal degree yes. in leases. Like I know every, yeah. like the red lines and you're looking at it. It's, you read like 50 pages yeah. and you read like almost every single thing. hundred percent. And then the lawyer explains it, what it means to you. And then your broker explains it. If you have a good broker, they'll explain what that means to you. And you're asking the broker, I'm like, Hey, am I crazy to ask for this? And he's like, well, like you might as well ask him. Like, you, yeah, you can down. always ask. You know, you get yeah. shot down and then maybe you find somewhere in the middle, you know? So I, I'm like, Hey, shoot for, shoot for the stars, man. Yep. And you land on the moon. That's a good, that's a good Fuck compromise, yeah. you know? But yeah, I would, I would fight for it a little bit. Um, so that way, you can get a little pliability. Like I asked for like, hey, can we have a certain budget for floors or a certain budget for paint or a certain budget for this stuff? They shut that down. They're like, hey, we have, we're giving you such a low rate as far as like your square footage that we're not going to do that. And I thought that was fair. So, so what did, what out of your pocket, constru- did you have any, like what was your cost for getting outside of your equipment? Outside of the equipment. Do you have to pay for anything? Like, do you have to pay for the toilet? Do you have to pay for the mm-mm. signage? Nothing. Cause cool. So no. they took care of all that. They took care of all that. Yeah. And then, um, and then your equipment, which I love, I want to talk about. So you went ahead and went instead of going and because, again, at the end of the day, three by three gauge steel is three by three gauge steel. I have a lot of guys hit me up like, dude, Stu, I quoted Rogue mm-hmm. and Fringe Sports and this, mm-hmm. but I also, I can go direct again overseas and get something for an, you know, a fifth of the price. Right. It's like on certain things, I think go with it. If it's metal, steel, fab, stuff like that, I go for a kind of right. scenario. You know, you get into things that are... Uh, a med ball that's stitched and things that yeah. whatever, those are the things that you're probably gonna realize the quality yeah, sooner than later. Stuff, but yeah. fucking three by three gauge steel is yeah. is three by three gauge steel. I mean, you're paying the the racks alone were gonna be like from Rogue, you're gonna pay like two thousand dollars sure. for some of these racks, right? And nobody cares. Yeah. I'm I'm training housewives here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They don't care if the, the rack can handle fifteen hundred pounds yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. who's doing fifteen hundred pounds? Sure. They're lucky if they're picking up the barbell, right? You know what I mean? So yeah. we didn't need anything crazy and over the top and they don't know the difference between Rogue. They're not coming in here and being like panty dropping over sure. Rogue, right? Yeah. And being like, we're gonna sign up because you have Rogue equipment. Yeah. They're just signing up if the walls look nice. Yeah, yeah, correct. And you have a yeah. neon sign and if it's Instagrammable, they didn't yeah, yeah. care about the equipment. So 
we had to have good enough equipment and there's already some things like some of the stuff is rusting and some of the stuff is going bad so we've slowly replaced that for higher quality stuff yeah, yeah. but like i said i wanted to get in as lean as possible and then you open up another location you know what things that you can outsource from china and you know what stuff you can get from rogue right yeah. and you just know where the compromises are for that but yeah what's worth saving like when i first did a quote from like rogue and all that stuff my gym build was like seventy thousand dollars and ended up getting it for under 30. Yeah. So And it, even if it rusted, it, it starts to deteriorate, you could then put it on the resale market yeah. and you could get, capture some cash back. But again, mm -hmm. it's like in the beginning, because there's generally not a huge pool of you know runway for most of the gyms. We don't have a ton of cash sitting there. Mm -hmm. Started as lean as possible. Stretching. Don't blow yeah. your fucking runway early and then have mm -hmm. to pray to God that you pre-sell right. 30 fucking clients. Yeah. You know, just to get you into the black. Yeah. Well, now I've got to use the extra forty thousand dollars for marketing. Yes, and now you're just you're crushing it. Yeah, now. yeah. Now, like marketing is actually going to get you clients. Rogue is not going to get no, you clients. No. <laughs> you know, nobody's like you. Like you took a picture of your rack, and like people are like, whoa. You know, well, I mean, if you're a girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, right? you yeah. take a picture of your rack. Sure, yeah. You get some people. In. You can get you your yeah. barbell rack. Like that's not going to get people in, right? Yeah. It's going to be your marketing efforts. It's going to be the knowledge that you have. It's not going to be like what kind of equipment you have. But then, if you're working in a niche, like if you're working a CrossFit, they probably care about that stuff more, right? If you're working on a like more of a specialized thing it's a powerlifting gym mm -hmm. they care if you have a certain cage and they care if you have a deadlift platform and stuff like that like i said we're training general pop here the people that actually have the money to spend on very expensive personal training that's what i want i wanted the people that have the money and they don't care about the equipment they just care about the person and they care about what this looks like and they care about having privacy yeah you know so since um when you for a lot of trainers that are renting space and you move spot to spot the spot around the city mm -hmm. there's always a question Will they? Will everyone follow me right. over here? So there's some a little attrition, but typically you said if you've created that relationship and they like your shit, yeah. it's you know it probably doesn't mean that much more to them, whatever. So and also mm -hmm. there's the moment when you tell them, hey, I fucking pulled the trigger, I'm opening my spot, yeah, it's awesome. and they fucking rah it's rah so you awesome. up, they yeah. love it, mm -hmm. and you can you know I've got guys right now where it's like okay we can for this you know you got 20 diehards. Let's pre-sell a year's worth of training up front because we needed some cash flow because you know right. to do some of the construction. There, there's right. you have some options at that point. So when you came in here, all the clients are in. What what did that look like? Did you? I mean, because you already had cash flow, so you didn't have to focus on a pre-sell, but you just mentioned the marketing. Yeah. What is the marketing efforts like? Paid marketing efforts that you've used. What's mm -hmm. worked? What hasn't? Yeah. So Google crushes. I yeah. think Google is one of the most underrated things for any trainer. You're doing your pay per click. Just you can pay per click. Yep. He's even having to Google my business. That's free. Got it. Yeah. I feel like most trainers like they just like I said they run the job. John Smith business and it's like, you know, John Smith fitness yeah, yeah. and they run it out of their garage and it's like, they at least have a Google My Business, even if it's at a location. If you don't have a location, that's where it gets a little tricky, but you can still have a Google My Business there. Yeah. And that Google My Business, like people start leaving reviews and then when people type in, because where do people find personal training? It's either like on social media or word to mouth or it's Google, they Google it. So they type in personal training near me or like a personal trainer near me. They're gonna type in all that fitness center near me, yep. private boutique gym near me. They're gonna type in all that stuff and then you're gonna pop up one of those things, but if you have no reviews or you don't pop up on there, they're gonna go to your competitors. Yeah. So Google just crushes for us. Like Google has done everything. So much so where I was like, oh wow, you don't need social media. Like I think everybody leads with social media sure. and posts all this content all the time and spends a lot of money on content. I love content. We have a you know $5,000 camera set up. I yeah. love content, I love posting it. But the content should be almost like this portfolio for you to showcase like how skilled you guys are, but then you go to the Google My Business and you see the actual views and you go to our website and then you know you have your funnel and everything. And so, yeah, I think that Google is like, I think it's almost underrated at this point. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, Google, I love.
love social media and the social media, I think people are using it almost the wrong way. You can do paid social media. Um, our account got blocked and there's the- From, yeah, it happens. COVID, COVID happens. stuff, like, you know, yeah. you post like, hey, let's still work out. And then they don't like that, so they block your account, right? Uh, but, so we can't run paid advertising for, for um, social media. You can use loopholes and stuff sure. like that, but I'm like, you know what? We'll, we'll use it if we need it, right? Yeah. Um, but on social media, it was all about posting content, but then, dude, I just DM'd everybody. It's like, hey, new facility, private facility. Hit up every influencer I knew in the city. And I was like, come check it out. We'll train you. No, no strings attached. You don't have to post a picture or anything. But guess what? You get five influencers who all have this web that crosses each other, and they all post inertia fitness. And yeah. Now everybody's like, my five favorite influencers in Charlotte post inertia fitness. Let me go check this out. Yeah. And that's absolutely crushed for us. People don't realize that that influencer play is so interesting. It's like you invite them in and be like, listen, you don't have to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And by you saying that, it takes down an, a barrier of entry for them. Like, oh, they just want me for my following or whatever. You say that, but in the back of your head, you know, that fucking, they're going to yeah. take fucking pictures. It's like to. inviting an alcoholic over and like, look at my new <laughs> bourbon selection, but yeah. you don't have to you're gonna drink <laughs> anything. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's right. going to fucking drink. Right, right. They can't help but post pictures. Yeah. <laughs> That's what and they do. Also, it just yeah. network. And again, yeah. like fitness influencers too, there's a certain point where if it doesn't, if it doesn't crest for them and they don't make it beyond it, mm -hmm. you start thinking about like, well, what do I have that opportunity? I might like I've got to do some personal training. Right. right. So like you might yeah. with your model um, mm -hmm. in here, because you guys, you know, 1099s come in here or they W2s, how do yes. you work? So okay. they're they're contractors. Yep. Yep. So I bring them in and you know, I treat them like employees. Mm -hmm. I try to treat them as good as possible. But I'm like, hey, you take a vacation when you want, you make yeah, your yeah. schedule, you do whatever. Maybe in the future we'll W2 and be able to give, you know, um, we wanted to make a place, like the biggest passion about Open Up Inertia was I see a lot of other trainers that were in my position that were going home to home to home to home and trying to find a place where they can train their people. And they're like, I just want a personal train. I don't know how to do the business. I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, let me handle that. Yeah. I love business. So I'll handle the business. You come home in Inertia and just do what you're good at, which is personal training, right? So I want, but I also, I know a lot of personal trainers don't make a lot of money. So I'm like, I want to be the place that's known to help personal trainers make six figures. Sure. Right? And we have a model that's built that way. And it's it was kind of crazy when I had that first guy come in here. He was super doubtful. He was working at the Y, working between here. He was working 47 hours at the Y, like training, you know, all these old people at the Y. Comes here, he's working probably 28 hours now, and he's already doubled his, you know, his, his income, right? So that's the big thing. It's like I wanted to make a good place because and if you take care of your trainers good, they're going to take care of their clients good. They take care of their clients good. That takes care of the business good. It's a win-win win. I love situations where almost everybody can win. And the, the growth opportunity too, because when you think about like, okay, so if inertia, if it, you, you get this thing going and you're like, on paper, mm -hmm. this thing is bankable, it's investable, it's whatever. Right. The thing that allows you to continue to pop open, and again, I, you know, when you look at this model, everyone's telling me like, so what, if I want to franchise something, what do I need to think? Like first and foremost, it's got to be as small square footage as possible. Right. The operational capacity is so important due to the fact that if you're gonna be here 10 years, if you're at 25 bucks all in right now, mm -hmm. and you've got that 2% escalator, so you're gonna be here for 10 years, you're gonna have a 20% increase at a certain point. And at the end of five, they can probably renegotiate a different rate, right? And they will try to. And they yeah. will. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you've gotta be able to, you gotta, you gotta have a fat fucking margin. You know, 30% mm -hmm. is the gold standard for us yeah. in this industry, yeah. but you gotta have as fat margin as possible to withstand that operating cost. But you wanna grow this thing. The trainers are going to eventually want to be like, I don't want to always trade. I'd like to own my own inertia. And then you can create a licensed model, franchise model, whatever it is, and you home grow them in here. I brought them as a shitty trainer. Yes. They're killing it. Five years later, they're opening inertia Southside or whatever the fuck yep. it is. Yep. And, and now I can grow all this. And it's all with, I built, I treat, I built the culture. It's not right. versus the franchise market. You're throwing your fishing line out there and you're hoping that douchebags don't, <laughs> but it's right. hard when they're going to cut you a $40,000 initial franchisee fat. You're going to take it and you're then like, they're going to go. Right. 
right, well, we'll yeah. figure it out later with him versus mm -hmm. when you can home grow. Right. And if you really want to, I mean, talk about a, a higher skill set, training someone, let's say you could train someone for 100 bucks an hour, you're that good of a personal mm -hmm. trainer. You can charge 300, 400, five, six, a thousand. You charge a lot more when you're doing B2B. You're helping trainers grow exactly. a business because your yep. time is far more valuable. Because for fitness, fitness is fickle. Mm -hmm. It's right, let's say, oh, I want to get in shape for my Bahamas trip. Right. I want to do this, I want to do that. But it's fickle, it ebbs and flows. Like you have clients who are like all in it. And then the fourth quarter hits November, December, January. Yeah. Maybe they drop can slow, yeah. yeah, they drop the fuck off. Mm -hmm. Business owners, that pain point is so fucking strong. You right. can monetize that at much a, at a real much higher value. Essentially, you're creating like like you ever Y2 Combinator, right? It's like it's the incubator for SaaS and tech products out in California. Yeah. So kind of like an incubator. I'll bring you in. You're a low, you know, personal trainer making dick. I'm gonna make you a personal trainer making a shit ton, right. and eventually show you how you could open one of your own one exactly. of these. You know, it's your own like mini school. And that, that, that's literally you just took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, this is a we like behind the scenes we call it a nursery university. Yeah. Because we. Teach clients how to actually live a healthy lifestyle rather than just depending on the training. Sure. We have a graduation for our clients and saying, hey, you graduated personal training. Now you can do online training. Mm -hmm. So now we keep these people online even though they're not in the space. Sure. So that brings in income even though we're not using the square footage yep. of the space now, right? So then now our trainers are gonna be like, you know, 20 hours in person in the gym, 10 hours online. They don't have to use the space. I can get another trainer to slide in here yeah. and use the time, right? So we wanna run it really efficiently like that. But yeah, exactly how it's meant. It's meant to train the trainer on how to be better business people if they want that, yeah. right? So my one trainer, he's like, I'm really interested in opening, like, like running this place one day. Yep. And so he's like my right-hand man and I'm teaching him all the things and how to run this place. I'm giving him opportunities to grow and stuff like that. And then we're bringing in young trainers that don't have any experience. And I'm like, hey, listen, for we'll, we'll put you at a super low rate and then we'll have you train, but then you're gonna be with another trainer as well, right? So now I have my guy who wants to be this mentor, who wants to be this manager. He's looking over the young guys. We're still making him money yeah. and we're getting a, we're giving a product that is still inertia and still this high high valuable product, but at the same time, we're doing it at a lower rate for those people that can't actually afford it, so then we're getting people in here as well, right? So it's kind of this system that kind of feeds, but then that trainer's gonna be really good and since I gave him his first shot, he's probably never gonna leave inertia now, yeah. right? So that was the whole point is like building a culture to where, yeah, you're incubating, your own personal trainers here and you're kind of creating your own like university your certificate maybe maybe one day we have a cert certificate and you get this inertia you get inertia certified right where it's like this is teaching you how the business of personal training not just like nutrition or all these stuff that you can google real quick right you can google business stuff but it's another thing to actually do it and actually succeed sure. in it right so yeah i think that's the big the big model of it is like how can we use this pilot location to eventually expand and almost like throwing seeds out into the you know into the soil and like how can these things pop up sprout and hopefully flourish so when you're when this thing is packed out mm -hmm. right like when you guys are kind of like your max capacity mm -hmm. what does that look like and how do you like in space because again it's you want to go tight to keep your operating expenses down at the same time though that also comes with having to create a flow of like clients and, and hey trainer you're working here whatever you can't be consuming all this extra space how do you guys work the flow yeah. for one-on-one -on -one training if you were to have three or four trainers in here at a time. Yeah, so that's that's actually funny. I was at my barber shop and this is where I had the idea of inertia. I was like, everybody has their chair and everybody's getting their hair cut, but I'm not that far away from the other guy that's getting his hair cut. And we're kind of talking, we're all riffing off each other in the whole barber shop. It kind of just works. Yeah. Even though there's eight, eight, 10 men in yeah, the yeah. same room and it's like 800 small square room, feet. Yeah. It's chill, yeah, it's, yeah. it's expected. And that's what I wanted, I'm like, this is each person's chair. Yeah. So each rack is a person's chair, right? It's like, this is where this trainer trains, right? So this is 
Christian's spot, this is Lexi's spot, this is Ashton's spot, and we all have our own little area. And then we do community events once a month, so that way our clients get to meet each other. So that way when they're all in the gym, they're all like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's, and it's not awkward, like, oh, who's yeah. this person working out next to me? They all kind of know each other, and they all have been trained by the trainers. Like, sometimes I'll leave for vacation, I'll substitute teacher where my trainer will train my client. So then they get used to that trainer being in there. Oh, hey, Christian, hey, Ashton. Now it's building this community in a space where one-on-one's usually lonely, and it's usually just dialed in with this person, now we're creating a community, which is often why CrossFit and group classes succeed because you create that community around it. So how could you create community and one-on-one personal training, but then also give it this own, like you have your own bubble still, right? So when the flow is working in here, you come in, you know where your trainer's at. The trainer's at your assigned spot, right? If we have a tall client, they use the bigger rack, sure, right? Sure, you yeah. know? Um, and then it's like, we ask like, hey, are you doing cable stuff? And then because we do everything on Trainerize, which is the app that we yeah. use for all of our online stuff, we can all see each other's workouts. So for example, and we all have a Google Calendar where we see like what kind of person they're training. And it's like, oh, usually when, you know, Christian's in here with Brendan, he's just gonna do powerlifting stuff. So he's gonna probably use the middle rack and he's gonna be, it's just that communication yeah. and having that expectation and all the trainers know how to work around each other really yeah. well, right? But that, I mean, what you talked there is what I call like that in-place model, right? It's why spin studios and yoga studios crush it on yeah. op, from an op cap perspective because a client comes in and boom, mm-hmm. that's it. And they don't leave that spot. So and it's, it's the easiest way to, create the highest amount of revenue per square foot because if you were to break it down and you're like okay in a given day you know how many sessions would you guys say on average would you guys do in here within a day in a day there's probably anywhere from 12 to 15 okay mm-hmm. and do you are you this Monday it's Monday through Sunday are the weekends pretty low Monday through Saturday Monday Saturday, through Saturday. getting pretty busy okay so if we've got you know that's five days a week and a 12 to 15 let's cut it in the middle and just go 14 mm-hmm. and that's 20 days out of the month so 20 days out of the month let's say we're doing 14 sessions a day and so that's 280 total sessions. And you start thinking, you do the math and reverse into it. My rent, the 2100, mm-hmm. divided by just business hours. And this is how much I'm paying per square foot. Because right. I invested X amount every one of these. That, and that's one of the things that I love, like this grid here. Because you can start, because this is what, a two by, is a, uh, these are three, uh, almost three, three by three. Yeah, I would yeah. say three by threes. Yeah. So you can start, you can literally do the math and right be like, yeah. each one of these costs me, boom. Mm-hmm. And then I need to generate X amount more than what this space cost me per day. Right. And I, I get to this like microeconomics thing. Like when you really understand the microeconomics of like where square footage is and what eats it up and all that other stuff, like it's absolutely insane. You look at you can walk in any gym and just see like, oh, that's probably $700 a month wasted space right there. Like you don't even right. need that square footage yep. or you haven't activated that or whatever the fuck it may be. Mm-hmm. Like with you guys putting the this really nice turf right here in the front because that is, that's a high action kind of move. If someone's doing lunges or they're pushing a sled or whatever they're doing here, right, right in front of the high visibility piece, yep. right? That's that's gonna be way better than if you had put that squat rack right in front of there, because then Sally walks by and she sees some dude squatting out of there. Yeah, it right. might she might eh, not that, but again, the kind of movements you do right here, you want to have those high visibility pieces. That's totally. why when I do Globo gyms, we put all the cardio shit as close to the front as possible oh, to the tour, because sure. mm-hmm. you just want to attract, you know, mm-hmm. show what's most inclusive to the average person from a movement perspective. Right now, when you think of a uh, growth in here, like in your head, you're like, okay, I'm probably capped at X amount of trainers. Like, and do you have like? Okay, we're not bringing in any more trainers. We're gonna stick with the current ones. And then is there ever like, all right, trainer X isn't generating enough of their own business here. We're seeing a struggle. Like what what happens then? Because when you've got these 1099s, mm-hmm. they're paying you a flat rate, mm-hmm. right? Or they no, pay percentage. Commission, yeah. Okay, it's commission yeah. based. So mm-hmm. they're paying commission based. 
If they're not generating, you might have someone next on the docket that you met that you might want to get in here. How has totally. that looked? How do you think about that going yeah, forward? Yeah, so I've already had to let go of somebody. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's just because like the, it was more of a culture fit though. I, I hired her and it was like before we even opened up the space and this wasn't fitting sure. the right way, right? And I was like, you're not having that growth. You're not, you're not, you, you promised all this growth that you were going to have. You promised you're going to be this trainer. You promised you were going to learn and you have a lot of learning to do, um, but you're just not, you're not doing that, right? Sure. And I was like, all right, well, I got to let you go, right? It's, there's no longer, I'm going to refund your clients if you need to refund and all that stuff. And you can train, you can finish out your, your clients here if you want. And of course they don't want to, right? Sure. Um, so that I refund their clients and it's better just to cut that off. And then I bring in another person right behind it and then they've crushed right um what the i think when i look back at it it's i look at it at time slots i don't want any more than four trainers in there at a time probably three to play it safe because of the parking spots and stuff like that it gets kind of messy but i don't want many more than four trainers at a time right now we're all in the morning i literally we probably are only in here five hours in the evening got it so we have a ton of space to grow like mm -hmm. so if i can bring a trainer in and be like hey you only push evenings. You need, if you need evening class, yeah. Yep, you only push evenings, right? You, you have a job in the morning and you want to work part-time in the evenings. You want to work from five to eight. Great. You have Monday through Saturday to be able to get that done, right? So I think that there's a lot of room to grow even in that. And I think you probably have like six, seven trainers, but only have four trainers in at a time because each one of them can work at specific times, right? Sure. Um, I, I love the part-time trainer that's also like, I like my do or die and all in trainers where like this, I want to make a career out of it. I love those people, right? Um, but I also like the really part-time trainers like, hey, I just want to train like one person 5 p.m. five days a week. Yeah. So that makes it super those simple. Utility I know players, their schedule. Yeah. They fit in. It's kind of like when that analogy when you have like a glass and you put some rocks in it and they're like, all right, this glass is full. And it's like, you put some sand in it yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah. like, this glass is full and you put some water in it. It fills up all the cracks. I'm trying to fill in every little crack that I can, right? Um, to obviously, you know, get the most ROI out of here, but then not ruin the actual experience of it because then if it's like, it feels cramped, you can go to the Dowd and feel cramped and feel like, you know, that doesn't feel luxury. That doesn't feel like something worth paying for. So I think there's a fine line of making it feel like it's spaced enough in here and it's private enough, but also making sure that we're getting enough people in here to maximize the hour that we're in here. Because you've so, got two C, you had two marketing. You have a B to C where you're bringing clients in mm -hmm. and then there's B to B where I'm trying to find other trainers who might want to occupy. I've got all this exactly. dead time I'm trying to fill. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's B to C and let's say someone walks by and they just open the door and they're like, hey, uh, is this a gym? Like, we want to know mm -hmm. whose role and whatever is it to go and you know do that sales pitch? Yeah. So all my trainers are ready for that. Got it. So all my trainers are ready for that. All my trainers are ready for the evaluation. If you're, if I'm talking to you to be a trainer here, that's because I already believe in your ability to train people. I really don't think this is maybe offend the trainers out there. I don't think it's that hard to train people. It shouldn't be. It, it is sometimes. I get it. There's some bad trainers out there. It's, you're, it is not brain surgery. Yeah. And especially when you're working at the GPP level. Yeah, when you're working with the average crazy. person, it's yeah. you need you need to know the basics. But this idea of like, I'm a world class trainer. I'm like, of who? They're like so moms and dads in their 40s. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, right. no, you are not. Yeah. A world class trainer is the guy who's been coaching the ski luge exactly. for fucking 70 <laughs> exactly. years. Exactly. That guy is that's a like an, that's like a specialist, yes. right? And those guys are elitist in the in the field of personal Correct. training. Correct. Like if you everybody can teach how to like do like a sit up and like you know what yeah. I mean. Like you've if you did the test and I just need you to do the test and like prove to me that you're good. That's it. But then teaching them the sales pitch, the business Correct. side of it, all that different kind of stuff. That's where I really go hard with those people in the first couple of weeks. So they watch me do it. They shadow me. I shadow them. They do it by themselves. We look at their numbers. You're not closing. 
let's go back to, you know, a, a little performance enhancing plan again and like make sure that we're helping you out and go through training. And that's kind of like the cycle through yeah, it. Yeah. But everybody is equipped to be able to, somebody walks into the store and they're able to answer any questions and kind of explain what this is. How do they right? run it if someone's, if they're training it, like what's the protocol? Because this was something that I've had studios run into. Johnny's training Sally. Mm -hmm prospect opens the doors, hey, whatever. And it's like, well, fuck, you're the paying customer. I gotta do this, I gotta do this here. I gotta do a quick like, hey, hold on a second. Yeah. Go talk to him. Gotta get, I just need to capture his contact information as fast yeah. as fucking possible. Yeah. And be like, dude, I'm gonna call you as soon as I'm done with my session with my client. Yeah. Is that kind of how that works? Kinda, so like, and the thing is, is that if Johnny's doing a really good job with Sally, Sally wants Johnny to succeed. Sure. So she's like, yeah, go, you yeah, know, yeah, go sure. get it. Like, I'll hit the set. And then yeah, they're yeah. working together. If it's like a newer client, then it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. like, hey, hold on a second, I'll be right back, right? And then we have business cards that have QR codes. Mm -hmm. Scan the QR code, you instantly put an evaluation. We'll, we'll talk to you then, we'll yeah. hit you up right after that. Yeah. So something real fast. It does all the explaining for us. It has a, scan the QR QR code has a video explains what we do yeah. you know like so we don't have to do it yeah. people are like oh what do you kind of do it like people want to like mosey on and in here and just be like they want this like long drawn out explanation i'm like do you actually want to talk you want to like get help or whatever like if you just want to come check out the place and you're curious that's cool um but if you actually want to work business with me then scan this card if you're serious you'll scan this you'll fill out an evaluation sheet and then you'll be ready to come in here and we'll, we'll get you in as fast as possible yeah. so i think that's the way that we made it a little bit more seamless it usually takes a minute to have that conversation hey what can i help you out with oh i'm looking for this is a gym no what do you think it is yeah you know what yeah. I mean? like, yeah it's a gym yeah uh i'm like it's more of a private facility right and they're like oh okay so you what do you guys do here personal training we do you know small group training um nutrition coaching but that's it right and they're like oh okay so can i come work out here no you can't it's a private facility unless you have a trainer right um oh okay cool then if i want a trainer what do i do you scan this qr code all the information is going to be there if there's any other questions you can text me obviously the number is right there and if not i'm going to reach out to you since you filled that evaluation sheet Right. And I think it makes it real sim seamless. So I, I I hate business cards. I really do. I think sure. they're, I think they're kind of like it, it works as a QR sag. It works. Yeah, that's what that I like it for. So otherwise, it's like here you throw it away. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want them to type in inertiafitnessco.com. Yeah. It's just like too wordy. I don't want them to yep. go to my Instagram. Like that just feels unprofessional. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to scan. Boom. It takes you right to that evaluation. It doesn't take you to the homepage. Homepage just doesn't matter. Like yeah. take me to the stuff that's going to get me the client. So it takes them to that evaluation. If they're serious, they're going to fill it out. And if they're not, they'll, they'll click and explore the website. And then maybe go fill it out, right? But it gets them to our website, sure. you know? And if they, maybe they sign up for an email list and like, oh, I'm just gonna kind of watch. And yeah. it's like, they get the emails. They're like, you know what? These people are doing cool things. Let me go actually sign up for their evaluation. Yeah. So it's all about capturing that person, no matter what, whether it's their attention, whether it's their Instagram, whether it's their phone number, whether it's their email, you just want to capture a person. Um, especially with this, it's like, we've got a decent amount of leads coming in here, you know, yeah. like just from just it's from a, being here. It's a great, I mean, like, I, you know, I run past you guys constantly and it's just, I mean, this is such a good constant thoroughfare, especially, you know, with the, the residential right across the street and everything that's going on. You guys nailed it. How have you been successful at all in working with the apartment complex and anything to do that? My guess is they probably have some kind of shitty fitness facility on site. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Have you, do they let trainers rent space out of there that you have to compete with? Or are they able to help promote you guys at all? Yeah, so, I mean, we just don't have a good relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because of the HVAC stuff, you know, like yep. we have had a lot of issues. So we don't have the, I try to have a good relationship with them and I try to do that, but they can barely do their own jobs, let alone push somebody else's business as well. And I always said like, hey, any of your clients come in, or any of your people can come in here and we'll do a free session with them, mm -hmm. right? I was like, you can send that out and everything. But they gave me access to their portal, like their resident portal. So I just leave messages on there. 
yeah. and say, you know, so we've gotten a few people. I'm like, hey, we're downstairs, like in their fitness facility closed for a little bit while they're revamping it. And it's still garbage, right? It's still not nice. I'm like, why don't you come downstairs and just like, you know, come check it out. Uh, and what we started to do, especially because we want to maximize the ROI of this place, is that I started doing these, you know, we do a hybrid program where it's like you train in person, and but then we also do online training, right? So you get a little bit of both. But then you can buy a gym membership on top of that and use our open gym hours, which is all. If we're not, if I'm not training here from three to nine p.m. That was my next question: Is have you activated that with current clients? Yep. So you know, know the routine. They've been educated on 100%. it. They're not going to fuck the place up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. So we let them come in here. We, obviously, we have the camera, yep. so we can see anything that's going on. Um, we're thinking about inv- investing in like a, a software where you can connect to the door. Well, hardware and software. Hardware where you put on the door, and then the software where you have an app yep. that opens up like the door for, for like twenty four seven access. For yep. those guys. So then they can just come in here and use it, yeah. right? And the hard part about it is like making sure that's like, hey, you could only use it during these hours yep. but it's like most people work out after work anyway so it's like hey if you're coming in here and obviously we're not in here why should i pay for cooling down this space when nobody's using it sure so i'm trying to get as much money as possible even to the point of where people like to do photo shoots so you can put your you can put your gym facility on a website i forgot what the website you can use but the people can rent out sure. your facility for two hours for 300 400 to use it you're not using it anyway so you might as well make some money out of yeah. it you put some real big parameters on there you you put a lock on your door so that way they can't get into your office and then you have the camera in here so you can see if anything goes wrong and stuff but i think that's the way you maximize the space is like anytime that i'm not in here how can i how can, and then even like when we have events or we have teaching moments or we have, you know, Onward comes out and- they I was gonna say like, uh, you know, partnering with the, the local physical therapists that, yeah. are, that are teaching like, like Onward and Ryan yeah. and those guys. So they come yeah. out here and then we do a mobility course and it's like, people haven't done mobility and it's like, that shows us as trainers that we care about not just like pumping up muscles, sure, yeah. that we're teaching you how to mobilize. And if we do that, then we're teaching you that we're kind of like a solution that can kind of fit in between a physical therapist and like a chiropractor. Yeah. Like maybe your issue isn't so bad that we can help you fix it as a, you know, a very educated personal trainer and you don't have to go to the physical therapist, but if you can't, we're going to send you to the physical therapist and they send us people. Right. And it really works out. And I think that the thing is, is with most people that open up their business, I think that they think it's a them against everybody. I think that's the worst thing. They have the scarcity mindset of like, oh, I got to make sure I, I get all these clients. And there's like 1.2 million people there's in Charlotte. Plenty I literally need like 0.0001% to be very successful. Yeah. So it's like, I just need a very small percentage. And it's like, so I might as well just connect with any, I connect with other personal trainers. I literally connect with trainers to the point where it's like, oh, you're too, we're too expensive? Here's this trainer over here. You yeah, should yeah. go train with him, right? And then they go train with them and it's like, well, he doesn't have his own private space and he doesn't, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, maybe it is that worth that extra $30 per hour to go and have my own private space. Where I don't have to worry about parking and I can actually learn how to, you know, like work out. So have you guys had success with physical marketing, like uh, throwing like those little yard signs and shit in the, in the tree lawn up and around the residence and stuff like that? So our lease like really is against it. Yeah, we yeah. probably could do sure. it and they wouldn't notice, right? Um, we're right next to the leasing center though. So like, sure. they, 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 notice it, yep. they notice it a little, a little faster. Yep. Um, so we haven't experimented with that, but that's kind of like the next thing I want to go through is like have a table out here or something and like we can answer you any can, questions or- Look in the clean graffiti. Yeah. You know, have you looked at, you know no. what clean graffiti is? Okay. No. So if I wanted to spray paint your logo yeah. right here or on that sidewalk or that sidewalk or uh-huh. any public sidewalk, yeah. all this is public, and I said, and I want to say inertia fitness, boom, 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 first appointment on it, whatever, uh-huh. and I spray painted that, yeah. well, you're gonna, the cops are going to come and you're going to get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, right. But you know what's not illegal in any municipality uh-huh. in the United States is for you to get a stencil done with uh-huh. wood, put it over top of the sidewalk, uh-huh. take a pressure washer, shh, 
it is not illegal oh, to remove man. dirt off any sense. sidewalk. Yeah, that's smart. So look up, it's actually yeah. in Charlotte, it's called The Savage Way. Her uh -huh. name is Tori Savage. She owns, it's a guerrilla marketing company. Yeah. If you've seen people who have done like, um, it's like moss art, it's like art, like moss like yeah. designs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her company started that, but they also yeah. started Clean Graffiti, where they go ahead so and they, they'll do the stencil and they'll we'll go ahead all the neighborhoods and the streets around here with your logo, whatever promo, all that. You can do a QR code say, can into you do it. do a QR code? That'd and, be smart, yeah. And nobody can do anything because you literally just cleaned the sidewalk. That's so all it genius. is. Yeah, that's it's really smart. Little shit like that. that. It's like yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, now, the fun thing I want, so what would you do differently? So again, I think you'd have done a great job with this, Bob. Well, what would you do differently if you do it all over again? Like, what didn't you know then? If you go back and talk to Ash when he was building out or planning out the space, what would you do differently? Uh, be patient. Sure. <laughs> That's like probably the first thing, right? I think there's a lot of like, I wouldn't have tried to cut corners or try to be too lean. Okay. Like, I wish I would have got more higher quality stuff almost from the start, okay. right? Or I wish I would have, like I bought, like I used to have another cycle bike in here and stuff like that. It just seemed like wasted square footage because okay. like you have the cycle bike and then obviously you need room for that to be there and I'm like it'd be more valuable to have another barbell rack in here right so if I had to come back like maybe I would try to fit one more barbell rack in here or um you, you know. start looking at yeah so do you start thinking of that and be like okay I've been in here over a year I've been in here a year now yeah that bike's we're using it 0.001 percent of the time sell it fuck it I might put in a slim rig or some other squat thing in there yeah. that, you know like even like cable crossovers like free motions and stuff yeah. like you look at like the anchor systems those are like have you ever seen me set those pulleys up yes. when I was yeah, there in QC Fit yeah. yeah setting those up and just you and like mm -hmm. fuck put another squat rack there and just put you know fucking anchor stations on yeah. each one of these and I give my I got a fucking full pulley system and I that thing I could sell make about a couple grand sell on that yeah. probably and then put in another one it's, totally you start figuring out the evolution of what what make what equipment is making Right. the most money. If it's I think not the, making the demand money, was there too. Like that's yeah. I think like once the demand reached there, that's when you start to be like, hey, let's sure. let's see if we can fit. Like right now when we are in here all three of us in here probably only like 10% of the time. You know, we all kind of stagger our schedules. Like sure. I work hard on Monday, but then I take like Tuesday off and yep. then I come in Wednesday. So we kind of stagger our schedules so that way we're, there's only two trainers in here usually at a time. Um, that way the, we don't have to worry about the parking. That's the biggest issue still, it's still the parking. Sure. The parking's still the hardest thing, but the nice part about it is that those QR codes that are out there, those can be used at any time, yep. right? So it's like if you're training certain people at the at, before 6 p.m., they can go park in those spots and don't have to worry about paying or anything like that. So I think that the logistics, like now matching up the logistics with how the logistics, logistics work in here, and then what is the equipment that we're using the most, and what equipment are we not using? What things do we not use? Like the Next thing I'm buying is a Staiku. Okay. You know, yeah, Staiku? Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's going to take our evaluations to the next step. And then now people get scans in here, but yeah. that also is a, another way to generate revenue. People will come in is and that, just. Is that through the 3D? Is that that is a 3D, 3D scan, scan yeah. yeah. And it's within like 2% error of a DEXA, yep. right? Um, so if we have that, people will come in here and just use that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay 25 bucks just to go get a Staiku scan, but then they get some in here. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. Sometimes we just need people in here. They need people to meet us. We break down what's happening with the scan and be like, yo, well, if you want to build more muscle, lose more fat. Sure. That's what we do, right? Um, so I, adding that will help with our evaluations. I think it will help with our closing. We already do pretty good on our closing, but I think we can even do better, obviously. Um, so adding that in here. I think that, and that can be put in the office, and that can be folded away and put in the corner when we don't need it, and we can use the office for whatever we need, right? So I think adding stuff like that that is adding layers of you know like we want to have a retail section in here right where we have like protein bars and stuff like that i hate that stuff i think that stuff gives you like pennies on the dollar right yeah but now it's just another thing that's offering 
Like now when somebody walks in here and they're like, they're on the edge. It's like, well, it isn't nice that they have protein shakes in the mm-hmm. fridge. It is nice that they have this Daiku. That might push them over to train with us or stay longer with us. Um, or just like add an element of like, yeah, that little bit of money that we're making on the side from it. I don't think it's going to make, like it's like, oh, I'm going to put protein bars in here and I'm, that's going to make me a six-figure. Sure. Right? It's not going to do that. Yeah. But it offers something to your clients and it adds that that lifetime value of a client, it increases it. Yep. Because you should be increasing your prices year after year after year, right? But, um, that and that it will slowly increase that lifetime value of that client. But now if I can get them to buy a protein shake every single time that they're in here and they do a DEX scan every two months, now I'm adding a little bit of more money on each one of those clients. Yeah. So rather than have to go get new clients all the time, which is the hard part, right? I can get more out of the clients that are currently here. It's interesting. So in the group fitness setting, we generally look for uh, you're gonna you want to set the bar that you want your average client to spend ten percent of their monthly subscription with you, mm-hmm. additionally in retail. Yeah, so if it's a two hundred dollar a month gym membership at a CrossFit, you want to do twenty bucks. So it's a couple fit aids, and it might be a month without buying anything. But then you drop a hoodie and a, a raglan tee and some right. and some joggers, and they spend out. fucking like yeah. ninety bucks with yeah. you. So it like averages out over the year. The thing with the retail that people don't get because they get the same thing. It's just like okay, the bar cost me a dollar fifty I sell it for three or three fifty whatever there's margin it's about creating the routines kind of like what Amazon's done like mm-hmm. you just think of something you need and it's like prime it prime it prime it like and when people if you can make it so that there's no actual need for the transaction like yes. again someone in here is like oh yeah John I'll add it to your account because it was yes. all personal training it's not like they don't know who is just here but like, oh yeah grab one I'll go whatever right because otherwise if I leave here and I'm hungry and want to shake or something before my next thing mm-hmm. now where am I gonna go I gotta drive there's no gas stations around here there's yeah. nothing there's nothing convenient Mm-mm. and you can mark the price up higher because people be like, oh, well, I could buy a bunch of that at Costco for cheaper. You won't. No, they won't. And you won't remember to bring it These in. People want convenience. That's why they're doing it personal just training. Grab it, just grab <laughs> yeah. it and go. And just just go. like those yep. Amazon Go stores. Yep. And yep. you will see those like to change just that small dollar amount. Mm-hmm. They went from spending maybe five hundred dollars a month of personal training and they're up to like five sixty a month yep. in just retail-based products mm-hmm. that you're, you know, you maybe have a forty to sixty percent margin on. And you do that with 70 clients yeah, over the course it, it, of a month. Yeah. It starts to really add up. And that's we partnered with a local supplement company here in Charlotte, and they give us awesome like wholesaling prices. Yep. And then we're supporting a local company. Company. Sure. Other people want to support local companies too. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, but like, like if that's the difference maker between the same price, the same product, sure. but it's local or not, and it's still the same thing, same quality, mm-hmm. sure, I will support the local one, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've done little things like that, and that's the big thing is like getting the retail spot up. I think there's a lot of little ways that you can, like I said, fill the water into the the the, the glass and fill in all the cracks of like trying to um, like maximize on the ROI of here. Um, but yeah, and, and I think that this even did a good job of like. Okay, now that we did it this way and I have like the blueprint, this will start to be able to be a place that can be franchised. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the hard part about franchising. You got to have the blueprint. You got to have the manuals. You got to have all this stuff. You got to be able to- You got to have a proof of concept. Like if you're going to go do FDD docs, Mm -hmm. you're going to spend $100,000 getting those done and you're going to have to essentially sell someone this blueprint Mm -hmm. is likely to yield you this result. Right, exactly. And everyone's seeing what happened. Like F45 lied on their their S1 documentation, which is what has to be published when you do IPO, when you go public. So all that documentation was fraudulent. The AUV, they reported average unit volume of each of those franchises, they reported it way higher than what it actually was. And now they're all, they're going to be in a lot. Of, I mean, they're not allowed to trade anymore. It's not no longer listed on on the wow. on, it's on the NYSE. It's it's really uh, it's a huge deal. But like right. on that franchise thing, you're like, yeah, I need to show, and it can't be hypothetical. It has to be this exact layout produced right. this exact result. Right. And your and your one look like this, two, three, four, five, whatever, and boom. And that's why most people when they do the franchise, they'll they'll do I'll do this location. This is my pilot, and then. 
I'm going to learn. Like, are rectangles better than squares for this model? Right. If I could do this ever, would I want an extra 20 feet that way or mm -hmm. what? I'm going to go find that next one. Let that be my showroom. Or I did it 100% right. This will be the showroom, whatever right. it may be. Right. But there are franchises right now that are sell. Like, you can sell a franchise with one corporately owned location mm -hmm. and just start pitching the idea and sell it as long as you can get someone to sign, write up your FDD docs for you right, exactly. and, and get it all and you'll get your franchise uh, license in different states, you're, right. good, you're good to go. And I think that's the thing. It's like, you, I think once you build like that first location, so if you're somebody that's like, open up that first location, you're kind of stuck with a decision like, do I open up more locations or do I start franchising it right yeah, there? Yeah, OP, right? other people's money. To so do it, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. So it's like, what decision do I want to do? And it's like, you know, are you somebody that wants a little bit more control over the brand? Do you think the culture is going to fall out while well, franchising it? Then maybe open up a few more locations. And that's maybe where I would feel like, is like, maybe I let somebody run this location, I go up, lo up, up location B. Sure. Right. So somebody that I already trust, that's already training here, that's already like wanting that position. Now they become the owner of this one, and I go like take location B, and I start that one up, and you hop over to location C yeah. and start that one up. And then once we have three, now we have a really good proof of concept, and we have an average out of those three. And we've seen does the square work better than the rectangle? Because you don't know if the rectangle works better than the square if you've never tried the square. Sure. So it's like maybe you try that, and then maybe we open up a bigger location, and it's like that failed. Yeah. Maybe that model does not work with a bigger location. Maybe we should keep it lean and mean, right? Um, so I think, yeah, I think there's multiple different ways to do it. And that's the fun part about business. You know, yeah. I feel like, I feel like if you're not trying to have fun, if you don't really enjoy business and you're not having fun with doing these things, you're just not going to want to yeah. go through the hard parts of it. That growth model, another interesting one is also like keeping it all corporately owned. So let's say your top trainer here after a while comes to you and goes, man, I love it. I want to now own something, right? So I'm either going to leave you and go open my own thing or like, can I open up one of these? But cool. Uh, I'm going to keep a 20% corporate exactly. ownership in your location, but I'm going to give you the rights to the branding, the mm -hmm. manuals, the systems, this, that. I will help you. I will consult, you know, to find the location, lay, you know, lay it out exactly like I did. Right. And that's your spot. I take 20% of the, the gross profit at, you know, quarterly or whatever the fuck the number is you guys right. come up with. And now you've kept that guy in the inertia system. Right. It's his name on the lease, his personal guarantee, mm -hmm. all that shit. Yeah. And then just as you grow these trainers up, you're giving them just the playbook. Cause it's like, everyone has a dream. Like you said, you walked into the space when it was shell and you're like, you instantly thought of it. So everyone who's a trainer, it dreams what their brand would be called, what right. it would look like and all that. But if you can get them bought in and this is just what they've known, loved, they've gotten the tattoo of whatever the fuck it is, yeah, right. it makes it just way easier yeah, to expand your brand out mm -hmm. and you have all these corporately owned shops yep. that you just have to keep a nice little percentage on, but mm -hmm. all the risk is on them. You're totally. just taking in a profit margin or some kind of, or again, a royalty fee, whatever the fuck you want to rewrite on that. Right. Um, if you can think it and it's legal, it can go down on a piece of paper and be signed. Yeah. Like everyone's going the franchise route and I tell people like, it is so sticky and it is yeah. so expensive to get off the ground. Totally. It is, I mean, like there are so many factors that go into it. Mm -hmm. You'd be better off doing that corporate play or honestly, a license right. play. Yep. You know, oh, yeah, a license. license. You I know. think that's what Onward does, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's basically like, if the Onward guys are listening, like I just I just try to copy them. Yeah. I'm like, yo, they have like 15 locations in three years. And they're like, doing great. They're doing something good and they know how to expand and like our markets are very similar. Yes. They're just doing physical therapy. We're doing personal training. They're yeah. keeping small, like, you know, small areas and they're just doing a high quality product for one-on-one, -on -one, you know, which is new in the physical therapy space. And yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of becoming, 
It's kind of, it's, it was a thing that was back in the day, I think personal training was a lot bigger. I think the group classes have just completely taken over, especially in Charlotte, right? There's a lot of people that just don't want to do group classes. Sure. Or can't do group classes because like they hurt themselves. Or, or they've, they... they've became autonomous, right? Like, right. I mean, like even if I didn't have, my profession wasn't an exercise phys and coaching right. and all that, you do CrossFit for eight years, you mm -hmm. kind of know how to squat and press overhead and all that, assuming you had some halfway C plus yeah. coaching. And you look at that workout of the day, you're like, I don't want to do 150 wall balls. <laughs> right. I want to do five by three back squats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. I'm gonna, can, can I do open gym? Can I do my own thing? You can personalize then, your own thing. Yeah. And then yeah. if the gym's not like, I've got the luxury of QC Fit being able to do right. that. But if you don't have that, yep. then you're like, I, maybe I'll just get a $10 a month plan or some whatever, some global right. gym membership. I'm going to go follow Marcus Philly's programming or this yep. person's programming or whatever. Mm -hmm. Group fitness just educates and educates and educates and educates and educates and eventually someone goes, you know, I think I'm going to sign up for the 10K or the marathon or I'm going to start doing Nick Bear's hybrid athlete right. or whatever. And they want to, they're, they're going to cancel. The number one reason of cancellation I have for gyms that, CrossFit gyms that have been doing it like seven years or more, yeah. the persons, people canceling are just, they're doing, they want to do yeah. something else fitness nice wise. Which yeah. is fine. You've Which educated them so much they don't need your job. recipe. That's yeah. a good job. That's a pat on your oh, back. I've always tell people, I'm like, my like the end story is like I fired myself. Sure. Because yeah, I did yeah. such a good job that you don't need me anymore. Yeah. That means I did a great job. And that's why we have the online. That's why we do hybrid. So that way it's like you get used to the online. And it's like now you get used to your coach giving you programs no matter what. Mm -hmm. You want to go run? Cool. Sure. We have a hybrid program where you can do a Nick Bear style yeah. workout, but now it's with the trainer that actually knows your thing. Sure. Nick Bear doesn't know that you're you're you have scoliosis and yeah, you yeah, yeah. have this uh, you know, this little spinal curve at the bottom of your squats. I do though. So I'm gonna be able to make you a program that's like that. And I think you get to hold on to those people a little bit more and the lifetime value of that client. Still, you get a lot more out of that person, yeah. right? Now it's like, the average client that I have has been training with me for over three years. Okay. They followed me to four different gyms. They've come here, they wanna see it through. They've made it to the Mecca. They made it to the Holy Land, right? And they can't wait for location number two to wait. Sure. They're already saying that. I'm like, I don't know what location. It's probably going to take me two years to get into the second location yeah. then, if I do that, right? But I'm like, they're already ready for the next location. They're already ready for the next thing. They're just going to follow along because like, that's what they're comfortable with and that's what they know. And they know that we can change things because that's what fitness is. Like, I just became a runner recently. I love running now. and I'm, It's cool. It's, it's great. And it's like, I like the running. And I'm like, but sometimes I like coming here and doing Olympic stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do just like to get some bicep curls. Sure. And like, it's, I think that's what keeps fitness fun and fresh. I think that's what you have to do with your business as well. I think if you like, you want to narrow down and be like really niche at something, but at the same time have some pliability and flexibility. Yeah. And I think that's how you keep your clients, but also like you make sure that they're having fun with it too. What do you, so you were doing about 10K on your own, you know, training people, having them follow these different gyms. And then when yeah. you came in, you now have these other trainers. They probably had some of their own followings and all that. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm. And they're all buying the memberships and the personal training through Inertia. Yeah. And then Inertia gives them their cut. Yes. Correct? Yeah. So it's an interesting model. So when you think about like, okay, Ash could go ahead and you could pay for marketing and have client acquisition costs and bring clients in, or you could bring in these other trainers has each of these trainers, have they been, like when you look at that, is everyone responsible for a certain amount of growth or like lead gen or anything per month? Or is it just like, when you, is it like, if you're not hitting this number or bringing this many clients or, or clients are only staying for this period of time or whatever yeah. is, what is it, like how do you look at growth here? Is it just inertia pitching to come on in or is it these all these trainers growing their social medias, posting all that stuff? Yeah, so it's inertia growing their businesses, okay. really is. And that's why I kind of have the leverage to like, what better 
what better opportunity as a trainer? Mm -hmm. You get to sit here and make 60%, which is higher than almost any gym that you're yep. gonna know, right? You get to make 60% at a high rate, you know, our minimum rate is a $100 session, right? Um, with a hybrid program that's already set up, so we already have the app set up, we already have the customization set up, we bring your clients to you, we've we supply the facility, we put on, we pay for the community events, pay for the marketing. You're not even gonna make that much money doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna pay 40% of expenses by yourself if you go start your own thing. So it kind of leverages it for me a little bit to, you know, like to have these trainers in here. They're like, hey, I get to depend on him, but then I get to also depend on them to make you know monthly income as well. And I'm like, that's a cherry on top if you go and build your own personal brand. I do bring in a, um, a videographer like once yep. a month and we shoot content. Yep. And they get to shoot content, whatever things that they want. We do a Publish collab. Publish on their channels as well. We do a collab yep. post, so they get a piece of content. We get content for us, and then that expands the web even farther. Yep. That gets that, that that coach to be you know exposed in front of our audience, but then also we get to be exposed in front of theirs. So I think it makes these things really sticky, right? And you're leaving like this footprint everywhere. And that's the whole thing. It's like you want to leave this footprint everywhere to when people think personal training, inertia, right? And that's what we want to be known as, right? Um, so I think that's the big thing is like, we wanted to make sure that the personal trainers felt like they just got to do what they're good at, personal training. But if they want to learn about business, if they want to learn about marketing, they can do that. And that's just going to help them be able to open up their own location eventually. Yeah. But if not, that's great. Just personal train. That's fine. You're probably going to make good money just being the personal trainer. But if you want to take that next step, you have the opportunity to take the next step. Where it's like, I felt like at Lifetime, I was never going to be able to open up a Lifetime. Sure. Yeah. I was maybe going to be a manager 20 years into the yeah, game. Yeah. And like I knew people that were trainers for Lifetime for like 20 years. Yeah. And I'm like, you never wanted to explore, and it's like they get comfortable with these yeah, golden handcuffs, correct. and they're like, yeah, eighty thousand dollars is fine. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's crazy. I'm like, I want to make more than that. Mm -hmm. And like, you're working forty hours a week, to, forty hours a week training, which is hard. And there's a certain point where even at you're a sixty year old personal trainer, your stock value d diminishes, diminishes over so time. fast. Yes, like you're only hot for so long. You're like, yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, yes. this is kind of how it is. That's why I'm saying I'm like, I got to future proof myself because I'm only gonna be like fit. And <laughs> I'll probably be like good shape, like yeah, even yeah. in my forties and fifties. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be weird like training like 20 year olds at that point, Correct. right? You know, and they're not gonna listen to me as much. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be like this old man, like how would, he doesn't know what's going yeah. on, the trends that's going on right now, right? So I'm like, I gotta make sure that I future-proof myself and make sure that I have, I'm not just a one trick pony. I'm not just the personal trainer. I'm actually the business owner. Now I train trainers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is the whole point. I'm like, let's make a facility that I can train trainers. The trainers can train the people. That makes the web a lot larger. I can only help 20 people. I can only take 20 clients until I'm burnt out. So it's like, what if I help 20 trainers? Trainers take 20 clients. Sure. Right. Um, and then those trainers be able to take those, you know what I mean? And you create this web, right? Um, and yeah, we just wanted to make it really sticky. We want to make this footprint to the point where it's like it just kind of spreads out. And then obviously, if they go open up their own branch, that makes this branch even stronger too. Because now there's two inertias. That means it's probably reputable if they have two locations of it, right? So I think that was the big thing is like making sure that the trainers like felt like they had clients coming in. And then if they want to go and market themselves, that's just gonna help them. They're gonna make money out of it, right? It's not like, a, oh, I don't wanna bring clients in here. Cause I told them like, you can go train your client at your apartment gym, sure. right? And that's fine, you know, and that's that's completely fine. But the, I think the way that they're bought in here, they wanna bring any client that they're getting a lead in into this place because I think that they felt welcomed here and I'm giving them, it's kind of like when the, you go to a dealership and they, they give you some water or something sure. like that and it's like, what is that called? It's like a reciprocating yeah, like, yeah. It's like a gift kind of thing. Correct, right? yeah. They get it's their, like I scratch your back, you're gonna scratch mine. It's, uh, it's uh, like engagement, like sh uh, wedding ring shops. You go in yeah. there and like the really nice ones, the chicks looking at everything and they'll have an open bar for the dude to just sit there and make a cocktail <laughs> right. or whatever and yeah. you're just like He's having a good time. I'm like I get why yeah. you're doing this but yeah. I'm going to take you up you on it test, right? you get to test drive the rings yeah, yeah. and all that stuff and it's like I think that's the thing it's like I'm I'm, I'm giving you clients and I'm yeah. giving you 
10 of your clients. And then you're gonna hoard that one by yourself? You could, mm -hmm. and maybe you make a tiny bit, a little bit more money, but why wouldn't you wanna bring them into a more professional environment and a place that you're already putting all your eggs in, right? People pay do month-to-month -month contracts, what does it look like? It's a four-week uh, rolling yep. uh, you know, EFT, so it just it gets taken out. They can change their plan what, what, for that they need. So we try to push people towards like a higher package, obviously when they first start, because there's a learning curve. Sure. But then once you get past that learning curve, yeah, you can go down from a three-time-a-week training you know, in person to a two-time-a-week hybrid, to a one-time-a-week hybrid, to online. If trainers and, start having retention issues like this, Dude, I've given you 10 clients and only two of them are with you five months later. Yeah. We got a fucking problem, right? I've called all of them and they said you were late or this or that or whatever. Is that any given because they're 1099, just mm -hmm. boom, this just isn't working out. It's just easy to cut it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about any kind of like, you know, like termination, like mm -hmm. like stuff that you're gonna have to pay them or pensions yeah, yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. Like you don't have to worry about that. It does it, it makes it kind of like a clean break. Um, but that also puts the pressure on them to be good. Sure. Because they, they know that they I just be like, hey, I just don't want you anymore. Yeah. And I can kick you out and you can't really do anything about it. You're a contractor, right? Uh, and I, I hope they don't feel that way that I would do that. But at the same time, like it puts the pressure on them to if you keep only are going to run, if your deal, ideal is running four people at max in here, yeah. then there's zero room and margin for you to not perform. To not be good. And yeah. also too, like if you also like, if these people, the eventual thing is to turn them into their own business owner, whether it's a nurse or whatever, mm -hmm. they have to be able to hunt. Yes. Right? Yes. If you just feed them, then they're only learning to exactly. eat. Anybody can fucking eat. Yep. Yep. But they got to be able to hunt and they got to yep. be able, then that way they eat what they kill. Exactly. Yeah. And, and create, you know, whether it's incentives like I've done in the past, like, okay, if you bring the client, you do client, so it's the 60 40. Mm -hmm. But if you bring them in and I never had to touch them, I never had to do, like, I, for as far as I know, they literally just came off the street. Mm -hmm. Here's an, whatever, here's 70 30 that's or whatever. What, that's the what we do. Is. Yeah. yeah. 70 30. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if they bring their own client in, they get 70 30 sure. for a month, right? So, and it's like you get a little bonus on top of it, mm -hmm. right? And they don't know this, so maybe they'll listen to this, but like, I'm going to take a percentage of all their sales and they're going to get a bonus at the end of the year. Yeah. Right. And it's like, that's going to push you like, oh, if I really push myself, because why wouldn't you be able to get a bonus based off of the percentage of, I don't want to just give random bonus. Like everybody gets 500 bucks. This isn't even, yeah. you worked harder and you made more money for me. You get a higher bonus. Right. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of different ways that you can like incentivize your trainers to get them to work hard and like to try to bring in their own clients. And yeah, I mean, the two people I have right now, like they're completely bought in and they, they bend over backwards to make the business. Like they really take it on. Like this is their place, which is great because I want the ownership because they might be their place. I would tell them that. I'm like, this might be your place one day. Sure. You know, so like act like it is. And it's, they really take it on like that. I, owners is like, man, I have a hard time incentivizing what I'm like. There's only two things you have to do with an employee. You have to compensate them well, and then you have to fucking fulfill them. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. but it's fitness. They're already fulfilled. They're wearing Lulu and they're doing what they love. Yeah, the fulfillment's through the fucking roof. It is. You, you just gotta, if you come up with a way to yep. put those, like put golden handcuffs on them and mm -hmm. pay them well. Yeah. Went, I got buddies who fucking sell cranes, mm -hmm. like giant fucking cranes. <laughs> yeah. They hate, they don't even like cranes, no. go, but they make fucking money. make $2 yeah, million yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah, right, they're right, like, right. they travel all over and have to talk to fucking the worst people worried about mm -hmm. cranes. You're like, yeah, I yeah. hate this job. My fulfillment is so low. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good though. But my house is dope and I like yeah. my new car, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Last thing I want to hit because you started running. Mm -hmm. uh, since I got into the running community here in Charlotte, I, I realized I'm like, I fucked up so bad. I In all the years I had fitness companies here in Charlotte, I did not go after the running community enough. Like how many of them that are out there and, and there's enough like push now in, in pop culture for runners to fucking 
do some kind of strength training. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still resistant. Like when you were probably out there, you probably looked around like, this is the average fucking runner. They look kind of <laughs> anemic, some skinnier ones. Right. That whole hybrid fitness Nick Bayer thing, I think is getting out there. It's starting to. You know, slow. fucking uh, Mark Bell's running, mm-hmm. fucking all these guys. Like it's getting, a, it's coming back in the vogue. Yeah, it is. But it's like, that's the fucking, if I had to just narrow in on a segment, mm-hmm. they're already into fitness. And when a runner can't run because of injury, the second, if you can sell them like, it's because you're not strong enough. Right. You know, you go for a fucking whatever mile run, you might do 21,000 steps. Yes. Like on a run, like it's like 21,000 reps of that and your body just said no, no. And if you don't have muscle to kind of like to uh, to brace that impact, yeah. then you're, it's all on your joints. 100%. You know? I, I, think, I think the running community is, I think the hybrid community is huge and yes. I've just moved all my clients into a hybrid program. Yep. So all my so this is like I'm like I get paid to test pilot these Yes. Things. So I'm test piloting with all my clients and like they're loving it so yep. far. The running, weightlifting, hybrid, and especially if you know mobility and how to do this and how to because re- recovery is a big thing when sure. it comes to hybrid. When it comes to running and weightlifting, you got to recover really yeah. well um, because your legs gonna be fried and now you got to go deadlift. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think that's a huge market. And the thing with runners, this is no, this is gonna sound very offensive to runners maybe, but I think with runners is that. They're kind of like the artist, like the starving artist to me. Sure. I think they're so passionate about running. This is a lot of trainers though too, but yeah, yeah. they're so passionate about running that they're terrible business people. Yeah. Like let's just go all run together for free, like outside and do this. And they don't have no business structure. Every runner that I know that have been trying to start a business just fall flat on their face. And I'm like, yo, I might kind of swoop in and take this running market too, because I think there's a huge opportunity. Me being 205 pounds at 5'10", yeah. there's no reason for me to be in this top 7 percentile of the people that race sure. on Sunday, right? But I weigh 40 pounds heavier than people and I'm Trust smoking them. I get it, bro. Smoking I, them, especially on the hills. Yeah. It's like, and I have the muscle to be able to get up those yeah, hills, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like I, like, I think there's really something here. I think the hybrid thing is going to be Huge. The beauty is then if running becomes kind of one of the cores, you're able to be like, hey, we're going to sign up for the Around the Crown 10K that's yes. in four or five months. And now so you've created a retention because mm-hmm. there's a point on there. The thing, group fitness, most studio owners don't want their clients to get too into running because most right. studios then see the cancellation. Well, exactly. I'm going to start focusing on running. Yep. And they can't sell the client on, well, no, no, stay here. It'll be great for running. The client's like, well, no, I need to be running. I've been doing this for a long time. Right. I'm kind of strong now. I need to be running. But if you, like a training suit, because you're, you're fitness methodology agnostic. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to yes, power lift, exactly. you can do that. If they mm-hmm. want to train for running, they can do that. You guys get right. to mold and ebb and flow exactly. to whatever the fuck the customer wants. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, what, what do we do here at Inertia? Mm-hmm. We literally train you the way you want to be training, get you the results that you probably couldn't get on your own. Like that's Simple. essentially what we do here. Exactly. And that that mold of pliability is going to be, uh, it's what a lot of the studios, that's their, if I would say their biggest competition, mm-hmm. I would say it's one of the things is an agnostic studio like this where they're not right. having to commit to any one fitness methodology. Yeah. We're able to be whatever that client wants mm-hmm. and when they're ready to jump out of fit, group fitness class, which I think people age out of at a certain point right. and get serious about a certain thing and like I sign up for the marathon, like I hired uh, Lisa Lander, she's a local running coach, so yeah. I hired her, uh, did some consulting with Chris Henshaw, traveled out to Nashville. Like I'm all in on these running coaches, yeah, Yeah, same. Because I've got this one specific thing I'm Uh trying to achieve. Yes, I would never go to a group fitness class to achieve that. To like complement that, and that's the thing. It's like even here, it's like I'm like, oh, so you're just gonna go run and be better at running? Sure. Not how it works. No, no. Just like you, you're gonna go grab this barbell and get stronger. I'm like, you need coaching. So now instead of your hybrid being focused on aesthetics, which you've been focused on so many times, which running will probably help with your aesthetic, now we get to have weight training that complements running. 
you know, that doesn't mean you cut out weight training. Even if you're all in a running, you probably need to at least weight train one day a week, yeah. you know, just to maintain a lot of things and all that stuff. So, and we just had a client, it's funny how you talked about that pliability. We have a client that's trying to become a professional uh, referee. Okay. So she wants to be at Charlotte FC and be the referee on the fields, right? So she, she, she better get that cardio up, honey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, she needs to pass a combine. Okay. So she needs to run a 40 time under a certain time. Right. No so shit. it's super fun to be able to like, and that's what makes it fun that's as a trainer dope. is that you get the people that are like, I want a bigger butt. And you have the people like, I need to run a certain the combine for referee. I'm like, that's a first. Yeah. That's fun. That's very and it's cool. like when you have that range, then you're going to be able to fit in any client. It's good to have a niche. It's really good to have a niche. And like Christian's a little bit more of the athlete. So guess what? Right. It goes to her, right? I'm a little bit more of a gen pop and I'm yeah. really good with weight loss and stuff like that. And then Lexi's really good with athletes and postpartum women. I'm like that kind of covers like yep, the gamut. Yeah. 70% of people, 80% of the people, right? So I think having a little bit of niche, but having the range to be able to take on different clients as well, especially when you're first starting off, like you just take every, anybody and everybody, yeah. you know, and it's like, you don't get, you don't get to be picky then. Sure. Yeah. You know, but then once you start to make it, you get to be a little bit more picky and you get to train people the way that want to. And I think everybody is going to start moving towards that hybrid model and realizing that it doesn't have to be black and white. Like I was saying, everything's kind of in the gray, black and white, weightlifting or running. But they can't live together. And sure. Like, well, no. You, if you if you merge these two things together, you're probably gonna have your best physique. You've been in the best shape of your life. Um, you're gonna have your cardiovascular fitness is gonna be good. VO2 max is great. Muscle mass is probably gonna be great. You're probably actually gonna feel a lot better than just doing one or the other. Yeah. So I agree. I think it's a huge market there. Ashman, this has been dope. Uh, for anyone that was listening, that if they want to, they just want to reach out to you. Maybe they're looking to start a facility, or they're curious about inertia, or anything like that. What's the best yeah. way for someone to get? Honestly, in reach with? out to me at, at inertia. So you can go to inertiafitnessco.com or info at inertiafitnessco. Um, reach out to me then. You can follow me on Instagram, Ashton Baylor. Um, shoot me over a message. I love answering questions. Stop by the gym. I love to answer any kind of questions. I'm all about people winning. Um, so whether you open up an inertia, yeah. right, or you open up your own place, like you getting out there and talking about personal training and higher quality personal training helps us all out. It's the people that are charging $20 per session for personal training that actually hurts fitness facilities like this. So we need more people that kind of look like us. So it seems like it's an actual real thing. That's awesome. Dude, yeah. thank you so much for taking the appreciate time today, dude. Yeah, I appreciate good, you. It was good. I appreciate you. Alrighty. That was dope.